Hello and welcome to Ghost Diapers. This is an anime podcast on the X4 Audio Network. I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, Connor. Hello. And today, we are going to be covering chapters 54 through 57 of Nana, which are uh, all published in volume 15. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have preliminary no, remarks or, or just into synopses here? Yeah, no preliminary remarks. I think we can just go. Well, actually, uh, I do. Uh, I think, when is this episode coming out? Is it the 20, um, the 23rd? Yeah, I think this is three weeks from now. So, so it's the first. Um, let's see. I'm just checking. We should have done this before. Yeah, March 1st. To... Okay. All right. Well, uh, I was just thinking before we started uh, that it's funny that we're doing the the volume where Hachi and Takumi get married. Uh, <laughs> like in the month where I'm also getting married. Yeah. So, yeah, th- this is like one of the marriage volumes. And uh, I appreciate the timing. So... Yeah. Pat, pat ourselves on the back there. <laughs> um, I think uh, Em and I were talking about uh, what we would be reading when you got married. Because I, I knew that you'd be getting married while we're doing Nana. So, uh-huh. yeah, I felt like yeah. this was a this is a fitting one. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. We're not just rushing to the courthouse in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, although I pushed hard for that. I have to <laughs> fly to Florida and everything. Yeah. Yeah, we, re- we really do. Just... Yeah, I got a dress. In the mail, hell where? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing it. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a nice. Uh, well, I don't want to jinx it more than you know. We've already aligned it with Takumi and Hachi's marriage, which is bad enough. Yeah, uh, but it should be a nice uh, event. Uh, should be hopefully. Mirthful and uh, joyous and chill, and that's those are my. It's the energy that I'm projecting. Yeah, uh, but yeah, by the time you're hearing this, I've or I was married last week, so uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, if you're uh, if you're in the abnormal mapping Discord, if you go to abnormalmapping.com, I think uh, you'll probably find a link on there somewhere to the Discord. Um, if you go to the export chat, you can wish Connor a. Uh, happy marriage, I guess, is what you say. Yeah, or but, congratulations, yeah. or congratulations something of that nature. Yeah, uh, that would be very kind. I would appreciate it. Uh, I always like when people write in and say something nice or something at all about the podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, this that counts. Yeah. Okay. Rambling preliminary comments <laughs> over. <laughs> on to synopses. Yeah, on to synopses. Uh, so we begin with chapter 54. Picking up from last time, Yasu tells Nana not to believe the photo of Ren and Vera, and Nana pushes Yasu away and tells him not to invade her heart anymore. Um, she's basically like, I'm not crying about the picture, I'm crying about you. Uh, don't comfort me, and uh, don't make me feel feelings about you anymore. Uh, they part ways. Yasu then calls Takumi, and they talk about Search's plans. Uh, where Yasu is like, yeah, how are we going to stop this? And 
Takumi basically says, uh, I, I have an idea. Doesn't reveal what he's going to do. Uh, which we then immediately see what, <laughs> what his plan is. Uh, Takumi and Narita go into the negotiation with Search. And uh, Takumi basically feigns foolishness and naivete to uh, trick Search into um, negotiating with him to bury the Ren and Reira story in exchange for Takumi providing an expose on his relationship with Hachi. He then returns home and rushes Hachi into a late night courthouse marriage uh, because he is, he's told Search that they're already married. Uh, and on the way, tells her lies and half-truths about what happened with Search, uh, kind of trying to smooth over this whole sudden bombshell he's dropped on her. Uh, and Hachi uh, accepts the getting married, uh, but is conflicted in her feelings about uh, the sudden and unromantic uh, nature of the, the marriage. Yeah. Courthouse marriage is not really the the image that she's had in mind when she's thought about a wedding. Yeah. Um, chapter 55, Takumi and Hachi take part in the photo shoot uh, and interview for search. Uh, I think Takumi's mostly the one who like does the actual interview, but there's a, a, f- a photo shoot here with uh, Karada, the photographer. Um, uh sort of back in their offices search talks about how Takumi tricked them. Um, but they're like, well, those photos we took of Ren and Rara didn't entirely go to waste because we did give them an Inanna. Uh, so, you know, we're looking forward to how we, we will test their relationship with this. Um, one of the, the members of search comments, I'm like, you are evil bastards. <laughs> basically. <laughs> but then like, yeah, but then also it was like, I'm actually excited yeah. I'm even more excited for this than you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kinoshida seems to spill to Ren and Reira about what Takumi did. There's a little bit of uh, ellipses here, but um, the the gist of the conversation they have seems to suggest that he at least told them some about Takumi. Uh, yeah. And it does seem like Ren operates with that knowledge moving forward. And yeah. Reira. After Takumi like, swore him to secrecy. Yeah. Um, then, uh, Blast returns from tour and celebrates Misato slash Mai becoming their manager, specifically coming back and being like, Misato, they told us that a Mai was going to be our manager, basically. <laughs> I mean, like, oh yeah, you know, I just was going by Misato as a fan, um, but they still keep calling her Misato. Um, meanwhile, the real Misato goes with her friend to a punk club to meet, uh, Shion, um, or I think it, is it Shion or is it the other, um, it's, it's Shion. And I think it's revealed that Shion is, uh, Fujimura's older sister. Okay. We'll yeah. see. We'll see in a minute and maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I, I think her name's Fujimura. We'll check this as well. Uh, but yeah, real Misato's friend is like. Oh, we're going to meet my sister. And then they show up and it's Shion. Um, oh, I just thought that I think my big sister's here was like the lie that they're doing to get in. Oh, it might be. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, well, may- maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, regardless, 
they meet Shion. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, Nana reluctantly leaves, uh, Misato's party, um, you know, my Misato, our Misato, uh, to go see Ren with Shin tagging along. When they arrive, they encounter Takumi leaving and find that Hachi is visiting with Ren, uh, seemingly specifically so that she can see Nana. Mm-hmm. Um, Shin is going to leave to go see Reira in her room and Hachi sort of, uh, stops him and is like, wait, I have something I have to tell you. Um, Takumi and I got married. And that's sort of like the cliffhanger of the, the chapter. Uh, chapter 56. We shift to Yasu and Miu. They, uh, we see them hooking up, basically. Uh, and uh, they kind of stop before like going further and presumably having sex. Uh, but then talk about their relationship. Uh, so they seem that they're, they seem to be kind of officially dating at this point. Uh, and they talk about the nature of the relationship, uh, with me speculating that Yasu made this conscious decision to find a girlfriend so he can get over Nana. Uh, and that Miu was this logical choice, uh, because she's most compatible for him. Um, so Miyu is speculating this. Uh, Yasu doesn't uh, explicitly confirm that this is true, uh, but he doesn't deny it either. Uh, and nonetheless, Miyu is like, "No, don't worry. I that that's how I roll too. So <laughs> I this makes me feel very secure that you had such a sound uh, process for like selecting me because <laughs> uh, I know that this relationship is beginning on solid ground." So this is like my this is my thing too. Uh so we're all good. Uh Hachi is unable to stop Shin from going to see Reira. Uh so she reveals that she's married, but that doesn't doesn't hold him back for very long. <laughs> so he he just bolts anyway. Uh but in some ways the situation takes care of itself when Reira, uh scared by this uh whole search debacle and uh like sobered by the um how close they came to getting blown up by that uh and then just scared for like scandal in general now uh wants to tell shin that she wants to take a pause or at least slow down and pull back on the relationship until shin is older uh and it's more like socially acceptable um or can be managed in a different way shin reacts poorly storming out and saying that they should just forget about everything between them. If they can't, uh, if they can't continue as they are, then uh, the only other option is (laughs) to just erase everything completely. Uh, Nana, Ren and Hachi talk about Hachi's happiness with Takumi and the upcoming expose on their marriage. Uh, And Nana and Ren painfully talk around knowing about searches photos of Ren and Rero together. Uh, so neither like Nana has an inkling that Ren knows Ren doesn't know that Nana knows. Uh, and yet they're having to like <laughs> address and, and then Hachi of course, doesn't know the true circumstances behind, uh, the quashing of the Ren and Reira story, which led to her own, the expose of her marriage. Uh, but they're all talking about Hachi's marriage expose. And so there's just, uh, Everyone is kind of like um, 
withholding information from one another here. Uh, after Hachi leaves, uh, this kind of explodes finally. Nana locks herself in the bathroom uh, and has a trauma attack there about everything uh, that's transpired over the last volume and a half. Uh, and yells at Ren uh, for, I think, multiple reasons embedded in this, but uh, yeah. for writing songs for Rera and not for her. Um, and also for like the seeming embrace that was caught on uh, that is depicted in the photo um, that we know was really not them embracing, yeah. but um, we we can break down how. But like, there's a moment when she yells that it's like this is the core of the thing. It doesn't really matter if the photo's true or not because like this is true, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and like everything else like pales in comparison to that or it's just like further confirmation of that in some way yeah we eventually get down into some of the um the core of the issues with with ren and nana yeah uh and eventually as nana's attack worsens uh she finally opens the door and cries into ren's arms and like allows him to help her um by giving her carbon dioxide so they he like breathes into her mouth and um, they share a breath and yeah. uh, it seems to alleviate the, the attack. Chapter 57, uh, Nana and Ren go to see their new apartment that's been picked out for them by the uh, record labels. Um, and it is entirely open without any walls. Um, they also can't move in yet because there's currently no furniture nor curtains. And especially if you're celebrities, you should probably have curtains in your apartment. Uh, so they at least need to wait. Like, I think it was six days at which point I think, um, Ren is going to be in London, uh, before they could move in. Um, Shin visits Hachi for the cookies that he missed out on. If you remember when they were going on tour and Hachi's like, I made you cookies. <laughs> um, and what a great mom. Yeah. Um, and they're talking a little bit, uh, and at first Hachi's sort of, um, you know, sanction, oh, you shouldn't be doing that sex work anymore. Um, you know, he's sort of like worry about stuff with that. Uh, and he's like, oh, I haven't been doing that anymore. I'm like, I'm making enough money from the band. Uh, and then Hachi finally just in true Hachi fashion broaches the topic with Reira in just the most ask, she just asks him, do you really love Reira? <laughs> Yeah, after um, like trying, seemingly trying to build up to it with the sex work thing. Yeah, like just um, goes completely blunt. Uh, yeah, straight to the heart <laughs> of the matter. Um, and Shin obviously having just gone through this breakup, cries to her about the breakup. Just like starts crying and can't hide it or anything. So yeah, can't um, answer her question. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's also crying because he can't answer that question. Um. Which we'll get into in more detail. Uh, meanwhile, Takumi notices that something has changed with Reira. She wrote the lyrics to a song in one night, uh, which she thought that she was going to be hooking up with Shin. Um, so he assumes Hachi did something to stop the relationship. Um, the irony meanwhile, being that the most recent song she did that for, she was hooking up with Shin <laughs> yeah. when she did yeah. it. <laughs> um, then uh, Nana and Ren talk about Ren's decision uh, to stay with Trapnest, and despite her pain, uh, pride and deep pain, 
Um, and this is another conversation I'm sure we'll get into in more detail, but she ultimately decides, or at least says in that moment that she still wants to be with Ren, even if he's still like singing for Rayra or playing music for Rayra, um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Takumi then calls Hachi being like, oh, I don't know what you did. You really are Shin's mom. Like, you really put a stop to him going to see <laughs> Reira. Um, and Hachi's like, no, Shin actually loves Reira. And they broke up. <laughs> I'm so worried about it. Yeah, and now um, I'm, I'm upset about it. Yeah, and now I'm upset. And, like, we need to, we need to like, at least let them get back together. Like, come back together so that they can at least talk about it and get some closure or whatever. You before know? they, like, yeah, before Reira yeah. goes to London. Yeah, before Reira goes to London. Because, like uh shin has such like a a hard past that like it's amazing that he like actually loves somebody um so uh but takumi and we can maybe talk about his if he has other motivations here but he's like oh there's nothing that we can do um Mm. so um you know uh what's done is done um and then uh junko visits hachi after the uh, article, the expose on Takumi and Hachi have gone to print. Um, and Junko's like, there's like 30 reporters surrounding your apartment. Did you read this? This is like ridiculous. Um, and Hachi just remains blasé about the whole thing. Um, yeah. she's Hachi's like, like oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm going to live my life. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck. Uh, it's really cute that they said I was not his best friend. Like, I thought that was really touching. <laughs> um yeah, they yeah. photoshopped my picture. Yeah, they photoshopped me so I look skinnier. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, and Junko's just like, your your life is different now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why are you Why are you blasé about this? Yeah, but also um, like respect that yeah. you're just like don't give a shit. <laughs> um, and then we we get another little glimpse into the future, um, as a shorter haired Takumi. He he did cut off his hair, um. Returns home to Hachi, uh, and Hachi, in sort of the voiceover thing, um, promises not to look for Nana, but will be ready for her when she gets on her feet again. And of course, we'll discuss that yeah. ending page or ending sequence. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we start off with the Demon Lord Shochu that we weren't able to acquire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that uh, starting the the volume off with this is it kind of like for me it kind of just marks Hachi's state of mind uh, in the way that so we we know the significance of the demon lord uh, idea. Takumi has previously been uh, seen as a demon lord and like connected to this uh, entity, but. Hachi saying, um, oh, there was a present. So first of all, receiving it from Nana. Um, yeah. And then wanting to drink it with Takumi uh, in this like kind of humorous, optimistic way. Um, I think it marks the state of mind that we've seen developing, where she's like, uh, you know, accepting the good and bad about Takumi. Yeah, um, this acknowledgement of like the reason th- that Takumi is connected with the Demon Lord, um, she's not like saying, "Oh no, no, no actually, he's not." Like, <laughs> this is completely invalid. Um, yeah, there's like this. Uh, t- 
tongue-in-cheek acceptance of that connection. But instead, it's something here that they can mutually acknowledge um, in this, like, controlled way and and share uh, with, like, humor and acceptance, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then Nada also being part of this, like, her acceptance of Takumi. Well, seeming acceptance, right? Like, she's supporting Hachi. Yeah. Um, and we'll and see also her continue this, to like, do that. Nana and Hachi are friendly again now. You know, Nana yep. is, like, taking a gift to her. Um, yep. Um, and so that being a seemingly a key component, um, which I, I don't know if we've discussed very much, but, uh, like, just how much Hachi's ability to uh, recommit to the relationship with Takumi and like take the measure of control that she has taken and have this like resolve and optimism, um, how much that is connected to like Nana being supportive of her. Um, yeah. Which we've seen for like a, a couple volumes now that, that Nana has tried to be like a, a good friend and, and support this. Um, so I think there's a connection being made here that like, you know, Nana giving Hachi strength in this way um, yeah. to to do this. And it, it gets reiterated with the postcard, too, where it ends with take care and don't give in to your Yakuza husband, which, yeah. like, she kind of laughs at. Um, uh, later, Takumi will look at it and sort of be like, Yakuza husband. Which is a funny scene. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then yeah. we move into a, a not so funny scene. Yeah, so we get this uh, voiceover as well, which will because um, this one I think is in the present, especially given the end of this chapter. Um, yes, I agree. Like, yeah, this this I believe is Hachi, you know, looking at the postcard, thinking, "Hey, Nana, even when we're apart, you're always in my heart. I can hear you singing, inspiring me with those intense eyes and that fearless gaze." Hey, Nana, can you hear me too? Um, and of course, this is in this moment of uh, Nana crying in Yasu's arms. Um, but yeah, the the end of this chapter, which we'll get to later, um, will you know suggest that in the time that's passed, uh, Hachi no longer hears Nana in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a... a which started last time with with sight and with the sunglasses, but that mm-hmm. I, I feel like is continuing in here where we get this idea of like hearing as opposed to seeing. Um, this will sort of get reiterated and then also smell will become a, a component as well. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this way we're like moving through different senses and the, the way that they communicate or link to different things. Um, yeah. And especially in like someone's absence as well yeah um that like starts to emerge as a especially like with the scent um or hearing nana's voice you know even when we're apart i still hear you in my head yeah um and then later with the perfume like the person's not there but smelling their the scent they were makes them feel makes you feel like they are um and these like traces uh that are sensory um and we also immediately get this like shifting from "Hey Nana, can you hear me too?" to then Yasu saying "Nana, don't be fooled by how it looks." Mm. Um, so, um, 
But yeah, um, we we talked into about this a little bit, but um, you know, one I don't know, especially given Nana's reaction later. Um, you know, is there a way that she's holding back when, like, <laughs> Yasu says, "Then why are you crying?" and Nana says, "You made me cry." Uh, you know, there's a yeah, certain amount is... of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's a certain amount of like, you know, yeah, the photo's only incriminating if you take it the wrong way. Like, um, you know, Ren wouldn't betray you like this. And it's like, okay, yeah, like maybe this photo is not, uh, it is like a, a photo that implies it's, things that weren't actually happening. But yeah, it's also, it's not him is cheating like a, on me, but it's yeah. like symbolic of this yeah. thing that's really hurtful. Yeah. Uh, uh, but instead of talking about that with Yasu, it's sort of immediately like, don't be so nice to me anymore. Uh, if you don't want to betray Ren, then don't invade my heart anymore. Um, yeah, I think there's a way, like, like you're pointing out, uh, we will we will find out later that she actually is upset <laughs> about the photo uh, and that she's not acknowledging that. Um, but and I think it's also the case that like what she says in the moment here is like more of the immediate f- like f- feeling more of the immediate cause of like her being upset uh, because this is following all of the like sh- all the things that she's seen with Yasu and Miyu and her like starting to, to process that um, and struggling to, and then, them not really deferring uh addressing that (laughs) like yeah what him dating me represents and like all of the subtext there uh and so now this is like it similar to the thing that happens between nana and ren later uh it's this moment where it's like okay here's all of this like tension and here, here are these problems we're not acknowledging, and all of this tension is just like finally exploding <laughs> into like uh, into a fight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so in addition to this, like, don't invade my heart anymore. Yasu then also does this comment of, "All right, then don't cry in front of me anymore." Um, which. We will see her later on thinking of this as she, like, pulls away and isolates herself from people. Um, so, uh, yeah. Also, she just, like, me standing up and, and immediately whacking her shin on a table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do this constantly. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there was a moment of comic relief there uh, in the middle of a a, f- a fairly difficult scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this like separation that will Yasu will talk more later with Miu about his, uh, like how he views his relationship with Nana. Um, but yeah, there's this like reciprocal disengagement <laughs> with Nana being like, you don't take care of me. And then Yasu being like, okay, don't come to me. And like, need to be taken care of <laughs> yeah uh so then they're like um doing this mutual disengagement which 
uh, it is is a major, I mean, a major shift in in the relationship. Yeah, um, it's maybe not like a final clean break at this point, um, but it is like a difficult, uh, a definitely like uh, a difficult moment. Which, as you stated, uh, we'll we'll figure out just how how bad this is for Nana later on. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting that, uh, Yasu moving out of this, like, um, taking care of Nana emotionally role is putting him more into this, like, uh, position or role that Takumi is often in where, and he's been doing this, but we're like seeing more of Yasu doing the behind the scenes thing. So we like immediately, immediately after this, it is, uh, yeah. <laughs> and there are multiple things throughout this volume that are going to like draw parallels between Takami and Nana. Obviously this like um, has already sort of been a recurring thing, but I think this volume mm-hmm. like hammers it home more. Uh, and so also Takami's phone saying Baldi. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> is, is like one small thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we shift to the, the Takami portion um, I also want to call out, so um, Yasu and Nana have this split, uh, and then Nana insists on not telling Ren about seeing the photo. Yeah. Uh, and this is an interesting moment um, where Yasu's like, uh, <laughs> but it's going to be in the magazine, like he's going to see it. Uh, but Nana assumes that he will, that he'll just, quote, laugh and make excuses um end quote uh and essentially not be honest with her um so again we have the assumption (laughs) uh that ren will not be honest uh so then she preemptively in turn chooses not to be honest uh by concealing the the fact that she's seen it um and this is like i think the continuation of this pattern that has been happening with nana and ren where Nana is again like rationalizing and deluding herself that if they both just bury their feelings and ignore what the photo really represents, uh, then to quote her here, that's it. <laughs> and the issue will be over. Um, yeah. And so we have this, this continued pattern of like, that's leading that that's creating this rift. Um, yeah. And it's going to blow up later. Um, so yeah, we, we then get this phone call with Yasu and Takumi. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's something earlier on. I know I have a, a mark later on, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yasu, uh, not so Yasu being like he didn't really get with Ray Ray, did he? Uh, meaning Ren. Um, so not Yasu not believing that Ren would actually like betray Nana, um, but having some doubt, and then that's linked like directly to the drug use, yeah. Um, which is, I guess, a point for Yasu being uh, his uh, perceptiveness because of what we've seen with Ren appearing to 
to actually be developing some feelings for for Rira, um, that he's not like acting on, uh, but like definitely having some feelings, <laughs> um, and uh, and then the other thing that I noted um, was this idea of narrative. Um, so Yasu and Takumi are. They're talking about the, like, s- different scenarios of mm-hmm. when the story is hit, when the story hits, um, and like the motivation of search, what they're trying to accomplish, and what narrative they're trying to spin, um, and so they're like predicting this potential narrative that search is attempting to construct, uh, and Yasu seems to to predict it, uh. And talking to me is like, oh yeah, <laughs> that scenario uh, is definitely more interesting. Uh, that's probably what they're going to do. Blah blah blah. Um, and first of all, I think that sets the stage for like talking me, kind of outflanking search later. Um, but it also, I think it also plays into. Um, these ideas of truth and falsehood in and how like narratives operate uh, in general that the manga is like kind of meditating on. Um, and then I think this is also related to ideas of like um, wh- what I think is one of the, the main themes of the volume, which is this idea of like acting um, or dissimulation. Uh, so like public and private faces. Um, yeah. So that like people have to take on, not only do people have to like participate in and construct narratives, uh, but they also have to like take on these rules to further uh, the these narratives that they're bound up in. Um, and there's a measure of control and then a measure of like lack of control involved in this. Um, but people being like subject to all of these narratives, relying on them, um, in ways, but then also being like, uh, moved by them or forced by them into, um, certain actions or positions. Yeah. Um, there's also this note where Takami was going to do something about it, whether Yasu asked or not. Um, but, uh. You know, it's specifically, like, in this damage control mode. Um, he says the line, if not, we're all screwed, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Kinoshita will talk about this later. Um, he'll give, like, an interpretation of, of this comment yeah. in a way. Uh, the w- last thing I wanted to say about this uh, scene, and th- to, to say it, I'm going to, I'm going to go back a volume um, cause there was something in volume 14 that I really wanted to point out. Um, and I missed and I felt bad about it. Uh, there's a scene with Hachi and Takumi in volume 14 where Hachi is, makes this comment of like, oh, you know, we'll finally get to be a family together. And we get one of these like, um, wide, uh, 
like these thin wide panels and where it's a close-up of Takumi's eyes and it's whited out um, in the, the sim- similar way that we see here. Um, but we've been reading Nana long enough to know that this is the device that Ayazawa uses to uh, invite us to like think deeply to observe and like think deeply about the character's emotional state. Um, and that this is a moment of intense emotion uh, when like we're getting this type of panel. Um, yeah. And I think that moment is very important uh, along with this one that we have here in that it's inviting us to think to first of all, believe that Takumi is feeling deep emotions uh, in these moments, even though he's like stoic. Uh, yeah. He's like completely stoic in the scenes where this is happening, uh, but we're still getting these indications. Um, and I think that in and of itself is, uh, is also highly meaningful, um, but that he's having these deep emotions that are su- like completely suppressed or buried um, unexpressed. And, uh, then again, we have it here. Um, I think my opinion (laughs) is that, uh, one of the emotions that is like at play in both of these moments is regret. Um, and both of the moments have to do with Hachi, uh, where like, in volume 14, she's like, oh, you know, I want to have this happy family. Um, and that seems to like hit him in this way uh, where he feels he feels deeply about something there <laughs> uh, yeah. and doesn't say anything. Uh, but I think, again, my personal uh, opinion is that he does have these it's developing these genuine feelings for Hachi and has this even within um, all of the unrepentant, uh, horrible, <laughs> cold things that he does, um, he he is having these emotions that um, he doesn't isn't really prepared to deal with either. Yeah. Um, and then again, here uh, we have Kinoshida and Narita and Takumi. What are you going to do, Takumi? They're saying no amount of money can stop them. Then we'll negotiate with something else. Narita, but we don't have anything to bargain with. The scandal's too big. There's nothing we can do. Cut to Takumi, whited out, staring off vacantly. Knowing what we're about to find out, which is that the only thing that he can do is negotiate with Haji uh, and his own relationship, um, which he will do ruthlessly. In the uh, coming pages, um, but we—I I just want to point out these moments because I think they are—they uh, can pass by unnoticed, uh, yeah. especially because he's so stoic. Uh, but I think they're really important in in terms of us that—that uh, that there is something happening under the surface with Takumi, um, and then Bonga is really trying to get us to pay close attention um, to to these moments. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah. So then we move to the scene with, well, sorry. I'll let, if you, if you have anything you want to say to that, I don't want um, to just railroad us along. Yeah. I mean the, and I, well, I think we can talk about this when we get to the end of the volume where we get more of, um, you know, the actual wedding and Hachi's like interiority during it. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, like, I think this was the chapter, which I believe I mentioned last time where, um, you know, Autumn said reading this, there's like a, a better impression of Takami than they had gotten previously. Like it made mm-hmm. them kind of like Takami. Um, and there is a way in which like he is being self-sacrificing here to protect everyone. Um, but also like the thing to, to consider is like who he sacrifices, who he's willing to sacrifice and who he's not. Um, yeah. and the ways in which he, he will like this. Yeah. The ways in which he will continually protect Rera and be willing to sacrifice, uh, Hachi and himself. Uh, but like, especially Hachi to do it. Um, so, uh, and, and there's, there's a lot of complexities that we can get into around the wedding as like something that Takumi does, think and that Hachi does like Hachi does want to get married, but then also all the ways that that's like complicated and, and not really what she wanted. So, yeah. Well, and um, yeah, the, the marriage, which will, will come up, we'll arrive at soon, but, um, mm-hmm. undoubtedly like highly manipulative, yeah. um, and deceitful in the way that he, uh, yeah, he presents it to Hachi. He is and, not like, in this it. moment calling up Hachi and saying, Hey, here's the situation scandal that could yeah. destroy like Ren and Nana's relationship that could like destroy the band and our livelihood. Um, and the, the one thing I think that could like get us out of this is if we do an expose on our relationship. Uh, and you know, it's not going to be like this huge explosion. Uh, I think I can negotiate it right where they will take it, even though it's actually not going to be as juicy of a story. Like yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't call and talk to her about this and being which, like, you which know, set is sadly if he did i think we can hachi would probably be like oh yeah absolutely you should do that mm-hmm. you know uh um, yeah and that's like the the irony is that yeah it, because of who he is he's just like especially you know, us knowing hachi and how much she invests in nana and ren's relationship yeah. Uh, like, especially if it's like, this is like to save their relationship. Hachi would unquestionably do it. Uh, you know, I yeah. believe this. Um, which, yeah, which Takumi not... knows as well. Yeah. So there's a way um, that th- there is some, uh, there's a lot to think about there. Yeah. With like, oh, is Takumi doing this because he's just this like uh, entirely objective, rational, unemotional guy who like that this is just clearly the the most efficient (laughs) uh and best way to do this or is there something deeper going on where like we're looking at he himself has these like reflexive patterns of behavior that maybe he thinks that he's behaving in this objective way and that this is the rational but that in and of itself is like challenged by what what we see as the reader. Yeah. Um, that maybe he's just he's doing it this way because like this is just this pattern of, of behavior that he doesn't even isn't even aware of in the same way that we are. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so we move from this scene then to, uh, so it's, um, I'm forgetting the name of this manager. Um, and then Mari, um, who's sort of Rayra's handler. Um, I'll, I'll skip ahead to try to <laughs> find it for you. Yeah, I don't know if his name actually comes up in all of this. Um, he's the he's the guy with the round glasses and the the you know little beard or mustache. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we get his name. Yeah, kind of looks sorry, like my friend sorry, Carlos, man. which is not helpful to anybody who doesn't know my friend <laughs> Carlos. But <laughs> we'll just call. Him I know Carlos at least one person of this does know my friend Carlos. So also Carlos might be listening to this. Hi, Carlos. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think a, a notable thing happening here, uh, I mean, the, the obvious main thing happening, uh, Ren is immediately in this, like, you know, sorry, like, uh, almost like, contrite. yeah, not, not necessarily like I fully comprehend the weight of what I did. Um, I don't know if that's true, but he is immediately in this like apologetic mode and this like, um, you know, being reprimanded and just taking the reprimand. Yeah, like passive. Um, yeah. Um, and is like, you know, Ren didn't do anything wrong. Like, our lives are really stressful. Um, you know, he just took me, like, back home where we could sort of re- relax and breathe and, like, take a break from celebrity life. Um, I don't know why this is, like, a big problem. Like, we didn't do anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and specifically comes to this point of we're not allowed to be like everyone else to be human, um, which we have yeah, this all this is... complexity around Rera and, and feelings around humanity. Um, yeah. Like this is yeah. actually just like a crime against us basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like why should we be sorry and have to like suffer for this? Yeah. Uh, which does seem to, to affect Mari here. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, but Ren kind of remains in this, like, uh, like even has that like posture of like, you know, slightly, slightly bowed, um, mm-hmm. throughout it. So, um, we also get this, this bit where, uh, before search comes in, they're like waiting in the negotiation room. Uh, Narda asks Takumi, like, you have lots of affairs. Don't you just like have an affair with a celebrity? There would be hot gossip that we could, we could exchange for this. Um, and Takumi does have an affair with a celebrity who now has, is starring in a primetime series. (laughs) Uh, come, come January. Um, but, uh, yeah. I think that, I think this is subject to interpretation. Um, what is really happening here? Uh, I guess the interpretation that I mine is uh, so Narita is saying this. We cut to Takumi. He's remembering her name's Fumika, right? Um, I think so. Um, so he's thinking about like, oh yeah, I do have this, and then being like, Narita, just drop it. Um, so perhaps him being like oh like maybe there is looking for one last way that he can avoid like selling selling Hachi out but then concluding or realizing that that's not gonna 
it's not going to be good enough. Um, um, and that he is going to have to like, well, and, do, do and also that like him having an affair with a celebrity, the thing that would be the juicy version of it would be if also they know about Hachi, <laughs> right? Like if he's like cheating on his lady, that is more of a hot gossip than just Takami is the player or him um, like, yeah. Or him having this relationship with her. Yeah. Like with Fumika, that would have to be printed and then that would be a problem <laughs> yeah. as well. And that would probably hurt Hachi uh, as much, if not more than, you know, the expose on their relationship. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but also it means that he can keep his uh, affair secret. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> right, yeah. The, the logical, <laughs> the logical thing also happens to work out for uh, Takumi in some ways. So. Yeah. Uh, so um, then we get the rest of this scene, which is like, this is just a fantastic scene yeah. uh, in the manga. There, There's a way in which, because we've spent volumes with Takami now. I was going to say 13 volumes or like 14 volumes, but it hasn't been that many. Uh, you know, he shows up. I forget which volume, but it's double digits um, at this point. Yeah. Um, I feel safe saying it, 10 volumes before this. Um. And the the way that Takami is drawn, like, with this emotional... There's an emotion drawn on Takami's face multiple times here that I, I don't think we've ever seen. And it, it felt so... Like, we know that this is an act that he's putting on because we've seen him not act like this before. We know that right. he wouldn't be uh, all like, oh, what are we going to do in a negotiation? Um, but also there's this way in which, like, I became very aware that that Takumi is ne- never shows this kind of emotional vulnerability ever, um, except yeah. when he's like specifically doing it as this this act. Um, and the, so yeah, there's this way that like feels very jarring and almost like bizarre to see Takumi uh, drawn this way, um, because it's just so out of the order for like or yeah, uh, out of the ordinary for like how he normally looks. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh absolutely and the the scene is i i think i mean Takumi's performance is obviously the center of this scene yeah um it's really striking i guess a different version of uh kind of describing what, what you're talking about um is that almost everything that Takumi says and does in this scene is the exact opposite of like how he really feels. Yeah. So he's almost, or I mean, I, I do think that when Takumi says Ren and Reira are just close friends, like brother and sister, if those photos go public, it'll hurt both of them. Nana and all our fans, everyone loses. I think Takumi truly believes this. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the like emotion the emotion that that part is delivered with and then the like entire performance that this is a part of is a deceit that is basically the opposite of like who Takumi is. Um, so we get all of these reversals uh, that are really jarring um, and especially like the way he's drawn and his expressiveness is uh, probably the biggest part of that. 
Uh, but yeah, starting with the like outburst of, uh, sir, I'm begging you to reconsider. So the deference, yeah. uh, the like, uh, desperation, <laughs> um, and then the like uncontrolled outburst of emotion, uh, begging the, the search people. Um, all of this is just like, I guess to, to pause and, and try to clarify it, like the fact that Takami can do this, um, and that he does do this is interesting. Yeah. Um, that he can perform this like opposite, (laughs) uh, this entirely opposite character, uh, from who he really is, um, and perform it so deftly, uh, that it's like convincing <laughs> to uh to these two guys yeah um and even like people who know him well like narita are like holy shit what was that <laughs> yeah there's a there's a moment of narita like in absolute shock when like takumi bows <laughs> like um yeah, yeah which is really like funny. sir i'm begging you to reconsider please don't let those photos go to print and narita's like oh <laughs> Yeah, you but turn then, the page and yeah. it's like he's got googly eyes because he's so yeah. shocked. Uh, but then he quickly learns to like you know play supporting cast to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there's obviously I, two like um, I'm skipping to the end specifically to call attention to something slightly earlier. But there, there's the end where like they uh, finally agree on you know are you willing to sacrifice yourself and the woman you love to save your band and then talk to me sort of breaks this performance a little bit and does this smirk that uh, the search realizes they've been, they've been had sort of highly disturbing Um, (laughs) change of expression. Uh, But notably there's one other part in all of this performance where um, he, Takumi reaction seems to be real and not the performance. And so specifically there's the part where he's like, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, Oh, what's the, uh, not Narida. Who's the, the, other oh, the guy? search guy. Kudo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he's saying, uh, you know, Mr. Takumi, you're an adult, so you have to learn to negotiate like one. You won't survive in the biz if you act like a kid. Uh, Takumi's still in performance mode. What do you mean by negotiate? And then the other search guy says, uh, well, like offer us naked photos of sweet little Rara for a centerfold instead. Uh, and there's like this moment of like, you know, Narita's re- reacting really big. Uh, <laughs> you know, every- everybody's like reacting to this thing that this guy said, but I feel like you get this brief, uh, sort of subdued break of the performance of talk me with, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Just like pure <laughs> um, killing intent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and I think it's significant that it's specifically this, like this idea of something with Rayra here where like. That's it, selling Ray Ray out as well. Yeah. 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 That like cracks a little bit of the performance that he's doing. And then he immediately puts it back on, um, you know, until he's, he's completed and, uh, does his, his, uh, extra unsettling when the question is, are you willing to sacrifice your, yourself and the woman you love to save your band? And he just smirks, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. yes, I was always <laughs> willing to sacrifice the woman I love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, to save the other woman I love, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think some other elements of the scene. Um, Takumi 
uh, reading the uh, search guys. Um, yeah. We uh, get like this uh, thought bubble from him. He's taking the bait. Um, so, yeah, Takumi is like. The, Kudo comes in and is like lording it over Takumi, like glorying in the fact that, oh, even Takumi now is coming to like prostrate himself before me. Um, which is, we already talked about Kudo's sadism. Um, and how he has this hatred of um, celebrities and is this like sadistic predatory guy. Uh, but Takumi reading this and using these things against him um, very deftly throughout the, uh, the scene. Uh, <clears throat> there's something about this scene that even though it ends like, I mean, we know that it's Takumi selling out Hachi and it, that's really fucked up. Um, and it's disturbing how, like you said, the how satisfied he is by this conclusion. Yeah. There's also something. This is like in the anime when you have the one antagonist who is like really, really shitty. And then the other antagonist who like you kind of like. And then. Yeah the second one just like absolutely fucks up the first one you get like cathartic like punishment thing yeah um like in psychopaths when uh he um tears apart the the chief uh yeah in the helicopter or in the the like ambulance helicopter yeah uh there's like a little bit of that satisfaction here with like search just getting fucked over <laughs> uh and like outwitted uh even though like you know we, we have this this isn't a good thing either like what happens at the end um yeah and then uh the comment of like you won't survive in the biz if you act like a kid um continued references to the business um reminded me of Yasu's comment a couple volumes ago about Ren that he's not suited for this business. Yeah. Um and then this also goes along with the constant reminders that we get that of like capitalism basically um that all of these agencies and companies are all uh you know dr- driven by profit motive and uh commodify objectify people to that end uh and so we get this like um we'll offer us naked photos of rira for a centerfold instead this reminder um that of like potential sexual exploitation um we've also gotten this with yuri and like miyu talking to misato um and uh so we kind of get that again here like oh even reyra like if things were to break like this is this suggestion is dismissed in the moment um but the fact that we even get the suggestion it i think it's enough to give us like the reader pause and think like oh yeah even reyra like if something if it were to go bad enough like could be put into this position or have this pressure on her um and it's a constant like 
axe hanging over everybody's head um that if they don't sell uh or if you, that so so much of their like fate is out of their hands um and in the hands of these like corporate interests um even though they're like you know they have this power because they're celebrities um they're still like these commodities uh and so he this negotiation scene really brings that out as well in a, in a really um, stark, uncomfortable way. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, talking to you, like, understanding this and then, you know, being the one, as he always is, to, like, okay, yeah, I see the evil, and so I'm just going to, like, <laughs> battle the evil on its own terms. Uh, yeah. But that's going to entail me, like, you know, doing these things. Yeah. Um, I feel like we can kind of skip past the everybody getting the news. Um, yeah. To uh, Takami going home to Hachi here. Um, yeah. All I'll say about this is that Takami uh, concealing what the negotiation from everyone else because he's like, oh, don't tell tell them that tell everyone that we paid them off. Yeah. Um. This is another parallel with Nana. Uh, who is trying to conceal from Ren and everybody um, her knowledge of the same of the same thing? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, there, there's Takami and Hachi here. Um, you know, again, we get the the scene of him opening up the Demon Lord <laughs> Shochu, <laughs> being like Yakuza. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, in true Takami fashion, with good news and bad news, seemingly, uh, you know, has the all right then, so let's go. Uh, and Hachi's like, go where? It's like late at night. Uh, to which Takami responds, to the courthouse. <laughs> um, so, you know, he loves, he loves springing news on people, truly. Um, and then, you know, the agency said it was okay now. Let's get married. Um, and then in the car sort of is explaining like, oh, search found out. But, um, you know, as we said in the synopses, not being truthful about exactly what happened. Um, when she asks, how did they find out? He just says, I don't know. Someone must have ratted us out. Um, and then, you know, tries to, to spin it towards, you know, um, one there and i think this is this is him telling the truth if we lose popularity points fine i want people to like us for our music it's better that way that mm -hmm. i believe is a, a true thing that talk me believes and expresses um but yeah in terms of like how search got this information um he lies um you know gives some some half truths as well about exactly what's happening um Including it, it seems like is is conveying like, you know, I I already told them we're married, so that's why we have to do this right now. But isn't this what you wanted? When we go public, like you won't have to hide. Um, uh, you know, you wanted to get married, but like we can go out together. We don't just have to be at home all the time. Um, so, um, yeah, I and think that I th gets her to that yeah. kind of smooths it over and. Um, uh, especially this line, um, of, 
And after the baby's born, we'll all go out together. I want to take the baby to the zoo and amusement parks, things normal people do. I didn't get to do things like that, so I can only imagine the stereotypical things, like parents stay at school, parents videotaping their kids at soccer games, or playing catch with your kid in the park. Uh, I want to do everything a normal parent would do. Um, and Hachi thinking that's actually a lot more than a lot of other, you know, <laughs> a lot of actual father, like uh, more than a lot of fathers do. Uh, and then he's like, oh, well, hopefully I'll have time for that. I, I'll be busy. So maybe I won't have time to do all of that. And she's Pulling like, yeah, that's back. yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's most ads. <laughs> yeah. That's the talking <laughs> guy with now. Yeah. Uh, being like, wow, I really want to do all these things with my kids, but I do have work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is another thing that seems like it could potentially be genuine from Takami, just knowing his, uh, home life, um, obviously he's expressed like, uh, fears we can maybe say about, you know, if the baby's bad or the, if the father's bad, the baby will be bad too. Um, yeah. But also, I, th- I think there's probably something genuine in, like, I would like my child to have a better childhood than I had. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing that is potentially genuine, or somehow both genuine and uh, untruthful, uh, a few pages earlier, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Hachi is freaking out about, like, her weight and being photographed Um because she's she's pregnant and she's like oh i'll be the laughing stock of dot 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 and talking to me again we get a shot of him um this close-up on his eyes uh and then i'm sorry yeah uh which hachi is probably as seems to be as surprised as we are by this uh because this is one of the only times he's actually apologized to her um and it's of course easy to write this off in one way. Um, but uh, again, I think it, it's good to go deeper here um, and ask, like, is this just entirely part of this performance that he's putting on to railroad her into getting married and like, stop her asking questions and get her to accept this? Um, or is he genuinely sorry or is it both? Yeah. Um and I think they're, uh, I think it's both. Um, yeah. And and we've seen him, despite the fact that he continues to uh, sacrifice Hachi, I will say, or, you know, these other situations, um, there is still this way that, um, you know, he does also seem to express some sort of regret about that. Um, even if that doesn't like manifest in him doing something different the next yeah. time, you know? Yeah. And, and that in and of itself is, um, a, a condemnation, <laughs> right? Uh, like we talked about the, the key quote of, if you know better, like it basically, if you know better, do better, or if you know it's wrong, why do you keep doing it? Um, is like this ultimate condemnation of talking me, um, but I think, just for convenience sake, I'll, I'll do it here. Um, I'll advance this interpretation that I have of uh, where we're at with Takumi in, in these volumes, and really for the rest of the, the manga, um, that he is like all of these things that we've condemned him for, 
uh, cold and manipulative, willing to hurt others without remorse. Um, and so, so yes, uh, but we do get these unignorable signs that he is like increasingly feeling genuine love for Hachi. Or if you want to say, well, it can't possibly be love because he wouldn't do X, Y, and Z if, if he loved her, um, then we can just say, oh, well, you know, it's genuine affection. Um, he's feeling something for Hachi. Um, although he's obviously incapable of really like expressing it and acting lovingly. Uh, he does like have those feelings. I think we're given to understand. Yeah. Uh, and then these circumstances beyond his control force him into compromising positions. And it, well, some of these circumstances he also is, is directly or indirectly responsible for, um, but largely things beyond his control. Um, for, force him into compromising positions because he's uh, obsessed with controlling them. Uh, and so he compromises himself again, and again to like control things um, with this gradual spiraling uh, of events that he can't control, forcing him to sacrifice more and more um, in like desperately <laughs> trying to fix and contain uh, what's happening. Um, and, so maybe I'll revise this this reading of of Takumi. This is more of like in addition to everything we've already said, um, but I think this is something that happens more and more, like as the the manga goes on. Um, yeah, that he becomes like trapped by his own. Uh, he becomes trapped by himself, and uh, all of these aspects of his character that like uh, imprison <laughs> whatever positive uh like emotions or potential better nature uh that he has um i was like first of all imprisoned within all these other aspects of who he is um but then also like his worldview and who he is uh results in him like um doing this sacrificing over and over again that like yeah destroys his life basically um and, and also like this comes up most often around things involving Rayra and like yes uh, involving the thing that he's aware of as his greatest sin which is like putting her in such a high castle that even he can't touch her um that he like Rayra is the number one woman for him uh, and there's all of these various things that he has around that. Um, yes. In, including there are actions he's going to take that I think might even be trying to address that, that also go very badly, which we'll get yes. to later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, with that, I will also revise. Um, I may have actually been too harsh on Takumi last time uh, towards the end of the volume where there was the moon. Um, and we talked about like, the moon symbol. Mm -hmm. um, and how Hachi like understands that even though it waxes and wanes, there is this constancy behind it. Um, and I said, Oh, well, you know, that's the, that's the part that Takumi doesn't understand. Uh, but I think 
actually he does have his own version of that understanding and it's Rera. Yeah. Um, and because of everything around it, it is like, a. I think it is a scary thing for him. Yes. <laughs> uh, that there can be the, the moon remains the same, even as the feelings shift around it. Um, like the, the moon as these like core relationships that exist, which I, I think is a way to interpret like Hachi's modifying of that. The moon changes, but also the moon is always the same. It's just a perception of it. It's like, uh, you know, the moon originates as this idea of like this true happiness in love with someone. Uh, and so the idea of it remaining is like, that there are these core relationships that like, even if things change where something is not possible right now, it can become possible again because it is like that relationship was so significant to both people. Um, and yeah, that, that is like a, I think a far more frightening thing for Takami than for Hachi where it's more of a hopeful, hopeful thing. Yeah. Um, And in that, I think we have another enormous, I mean, maybe the biggest parallel between Takami and Nana, um, that we, could uh, continue thinking about um, where Nana also is like so obsessed and messed up about this idea of like permanence in the yeah. in these re- her relationships in her the really important ones, um, and that the waxing and waning, she has a, a kind of like on the surface opposite issue that Takumi does um, where she can't stand the waxing and waning um, because it has to be this entire uh, like (laughs) uh, all or nothing um, always uh, or else that she becomes afraid because the um, she's afraid of the waxing and waning and the change and the impermanence Um, and Takumi has like the opposite unhealthy coping mechanism (laughs) Where he's like, oh, it's all just, uh, you know, impermanent and like blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Uh, So I won't, I can't care. Uh, Yeah. But like, there are just two sides of the same coin in a way. Yeah. Um, And then uh, to finish this out too, just to sort of do a final capper on on Hachi's feelings about everything. Um, Especially given Takumi's. Uh, lack of openness and honesty about the whole si- whole situation. Sorry, I suddenly got hiccups. <laughs> uh oh. Um, Hachi thinks. Um, so he's saying like, if we miss this opportunity, I don't know when it'll happen. Don't you think you've had enough false starts? Uh, you know, specifically talking about the the marriage. Um, and Hachi thinks, I mean, this is the biggest upset of all because I was ready to wait seven years. I've dreamed about my wedding. Uh, wedding day since I was young I had no patience but I finally realized it's all right if we don't get married and now that I've accepted it my dreams come true just because of some paparazzi rag is this fate or the demon lord's curse I can't tell which but whatever it is I'm glad um so yeah the there is this sort of mingled feeling of like this is not the the wedding thing that she has dreamed of um she found the patience <laughs> to wait for that wedding day uh, and now, like, the wedding happens. It's this, like, courthouse, almost shotgun wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because the paparazzi found out. Um, 
but also there's still this like certain happiness of like, well, it is I am still getting married. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. Um, and then we get the, the final page here. Uh, you know, the, the upsetting of the, Hey, Nana at the beginning from the present, uh, here we get from the future. Hey, Nana, I used to hear your songs in my head, like your punk version of Tento Mushino Samba, which is the like wedding song that Nana said she would play. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I can't hear anything. I wonder if you don't hear my voice anymore either. Uh, yeah. So back to the not seeing, not hearing, um, trope. Um, and of course, a little uh, interstitial uh, illustrations going into the next chapter. We get that drawing from Child Hachi of Nano Komatsu first grade wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, first page here uh, with beautiful flowers and uh, like framed work. in the same way yeah. that the picture is. Um, I became Nana Ichinose. Yeah, so a really striking transition there. Yeah. So, chapter 55. Yep, so we get the photo shoot. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much here. I know there's speculation that, uh, especially given the way that Karada looks at Hachi here, um, we get like a few shots of his eyes looking at her, uh, and then commenting on how cute she is. Um, there's speculation that when we get to the future, uh, Karada is sort of for, for, I think multiple reasons. One, there's a way we can read in a feeling of guilt that he might have about Ren's death. Yeah. Um, but he is helping Hachi try to find Nana and not telling search about what he's finding. Um, and instead giving it to Hachi. Um, and so there's also some, some speculation I've seen that like Karada also is in love or at least like has a crush on Hachi as another motivating factor in that, which this part in particular, um, you know, gives you something to hang on to there. Um, my only real note with the, the photo shoot here, um, is, uh, there's the, the part where, there's just to act natural and have like a conversation. Um, yeah. So we get acting and, again. Acting yeah. theme. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so one of the things that, that Hachi's talking about is like, what do you want for dinner? And it's like, it's the morning. It's like <laughs> six in the morning. She's like, okay, what do you want for breakfast? And he says an omelet with something weird drawn in it. So, um, you know, this like certain acceptance of uh, there's the part where he was like, why do you do this? And she was like, well, it makes me happy. Uh, so now he's like, uh, at least oh, yeah, like somewhat that. joking. I want that. Yeah, I want yeah. the I want the omelet with a weird face drawn on it with ketchup. Uh, <laughs> uh, go go back to so. Subsequently, we go back to search the search office. Yeah. Uh, the kudo and um, whatever this guy, other guy's name is, the sleazebag who wants to see River naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're realizing. Like, I feel like we may have gotten his name like once, but I generally, I genuinely don't feel like we've gotten his name much. He doesn't so. deserve to be named. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we, we will just refer to him as Sleazebag until, well, we'll, okay, okay, until we know a, another name. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kudos, uh, lackey. <laughs> yeah, kudos, lackey. 
Yeah. Uh, although I think he's Kudo's boss, but whatever. He still has lackey vibes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so they're realizing the extent. Uh, everyone at Search is realizing the just extent to which they've been beaten by Takumi. Uh, we get the um, photographers. So Karada and the other photographer who um, delivered the photos to Nana um, talking about uh, just the, the story being quashed and all that. And then uh, a third search employee, Fumi Sugawara, who we're told is 30 and single, uh, which is a funny, and like, weekly searches only female only f- employee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love how Ayazawa does that where yeah. <laughs> she'll have that device where she'll throw in like, <laughs> uh, their marital status. Yeah. And it's always something like really barbed seemingly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, the, the whole line that we had last time where, um, Hachi says the name of the actress that Takumi's uh cheating on her with but she doesn't know uh with like the full name and the age <laughs> yeah Fe- also feels like it's just like uh having fun with this as a thing that that uh you know Yuzawa I loves to do in Nana yeah and I, I think actually Kudo's lackey in a prior it might be another guy who's like a similar executive uh, label guy or something yeah um but I think it's him when he gets introduced it's like He's introduced explicitly as divorced. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another moment there where it's like, mm, okay. Y- yeah. You're telling us something about the character here. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Fumi Sugawara joins the conversation, uh, pointing out that, uh, that Hachi is not as, cause Karada's like, Oh, I've, I've seen her somewhere. I don't know where, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Fumi is like, well, yeah, it's Nana's best friend. Yeah. Uh, and also, roommates. it's a, you were like yeah, sta- it, staking out their apartment and they were roommates. Yeah. And like, actually, they said that in the interview already. So I don't know how you missed it. But yeah. Uh, and then, like, that realization uh, leading them to, to further comprehend, like, how. Uh, how badly they got played by Takumi. Um, and uh, then yeah, like the Takumi being like being married to Hachi, Hachi being friends with Nana is actually a thing that it's like now going to spin the story more towards, Oh, like the bands are just going out with each other. Like, you know, of course, uh, Ren and Nana are together then as well. Cause like just the bands are like interwoven in this way. Yeah. All we got is two celebrity couples for people to adore. Yeah. We got totally played by talking to me. Um, and then at one point, uh, I think it might be earlier. Um, there's a comment that, uh, like happiness doesn't sell. Um, so like this isn't good for search because uh like happiness isn't uh <laughs> capitalism does not thrive on happiness it thrives on human misery uh and so we need we need misery to <laughs> uh and um like controversial stories to uh to print 
uh, and this is this is really bad for us. Yeah. Uh, and then this little scene that seems like a throwaway, but uh, we find out that the reason that they like did this thing where they delivered. Okay, well, let me back up. The sadism of giving the pictures to Nana as an engagement gift is called out. Like, and you 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 brought this up earlier. Yeah. Um, so that is highlighted for discussion. And Fumi is like, wow, that's really fucked up. Uh, and then we find out that the reason why they did it, uh, or like part of the reason is because they got dinner paid for. Uh, like the photographers got, you know, Unaju dinner yeah. for that. Um, the, it seems like they were promised fancy eel dinner uh, and then just got one Unaju. Like it wasn't even what they thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to be like more, but instead they got Unaju, which is like a, it's explained here, but like a box of rice with grilled eel on top. Yeah. Um, and so I point this one out because. Uh, it connects with a similar um, throwaway, like one or two panels in an earlier volume where they're talking about how much they get paid. Uh, but the manga is kind of noting that the search employees are also exploited, <laughs> um, that they're underpaid and like overworked in these ways. Uh, we get to see how, how they're exploited as well. Um but in spite of being, even in being like exploited by the company, are also turned into these like ruthless agents of the company um, yeah. with little or no sympathy for the lives they damage. Uh, so we could spend time talking about that as a critique of capitalism and um, how how it shapes people. Um, like you, you know, even when you are yourself being exploited by the system um it has this uh it shapes you ideologically and you such that you may end up carrying out the violence of the system uh like eagerly uh thinking that it you know it's not problematic uh even as you are you know you're also victimized by it uh yeah so i don't know i think all that's in here um, we then get this scene with uh, Yasu and Nana on the train. Um, the the story was on the like Ren and Rayra thing was not in search. Uh, Nana immediately is like, "What do you know about this, Yasu?" Um, and uh, he just says, "Ask Ren yourself. Uh, don't talk to him through me." Um, and then we get this thing from Nana of, uh, I have to look him in the eye to tell if he's lying or not. That's why I can never tell, uh, what you're thinking. Um, I feel like there, this comes up a little bit more throughout some of this too, but there's this adding complexity to this idea of, um, seeing versus hearing where in some ways there's like this truth to see, like speaking over the phone would just be hearing the words. There is still a way that like seeing is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, which this will also come up with, with some stuff later, but you know, to highlight it here. Um, 
this also ties into the way that Nana is going to choose to wear sunglasses and also notably mm. not the one she's yeah. wearing right now. The one she's wearing right now still shows her, her eyes too much. Um, so that, yeah, that's a very good catch. I, I didn't yeah. even think about the, the glasses that she starts wearing in this volume. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And there's also a way that this is just like another method of avoidance on Nana's part. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Ask her in yourself. You know, here's the phone. Well, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll do it later. Cause, oh, cause I need to like look him in the eye to see if he's, <laughs> if he's lying or not. Yeah. Uh, which I'm not dismissing that, um, that that's like meaningful and, uh, important for, for Nana at this point. Uh, but again, like it, it amounts to, more avoidance right yeah well also this conversation is both of them uh you know turning away and not turning towards yeah <laughs> where where yasu's like i'm not going to tell you anything because obviously yasu does know stuff about this but he's not going to say anything um yeah like okay we just agreed that we're not yeah yeah that we're like pulling apart so yeah. that's that's what this means like i'm not gonna do this for you um, but you know, Yasu too, in this moment is, has information is not sharing it and is, yep. is like delaying and, and denying. Yep. Um, and of course then Nana has sort of this barbed, that's why I can never tell, uh, what you're thinking and, and gets up and moves to another part of the train. Um, meanwhile, Hachi is very happy to be married. She's got two <laughs> rings on her fingers now. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to tell Nana, who said, so just be happy no matter what, all right? Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's, yeah. like, excitedly looking forward to, t- to telling Nana that she has become ca- become happy. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, um, things are not quite... They won't be that simple. Yeah. Um. We then get uh, the stuff with the blast returning home uh finding my slash misato there uh this also another subtle hearing is different than seeing um they had heard about their new manager you know that she was a cute girl mm-hmm. all of these sorts of things um but it's when they see misato you know they they know who the person is um yeah like that's what hearing kind about of it is, the is different as well yeah yeah um yeah it's also uh seeing a thing that can like provide more ability to uh pierce through the the performance that someone has or the the you know mask that they've put on or whatever yeah um and it's littered all throughout throughout here the joke about uh yuri she really does only see nobu now yeah um uh nana having her new glasses here as you pointed out yep uh which now obscure her face more um and there there's a specific panel in here as well where uh it's specifically when they turn the corner um and they see like misato there uh and first you get shin 
going ha with like nana entering behind him (laughs) then you get nana going what and then like yasu entering and then yasu saying uh but like the the specific way that nana and yasu are drawn here there's a way in which nana is becoming like yasu in wearing these these shades like the cigarette is in the same spot um you know they're they're not yeah they are not mirroring with shin in this way but they are mirroring with each other or matching each other um there's also ways in which this matching is going to happen with Takami, which I'll call out later. But, um, but yeah, the Nana is making this choice to obscure her feelings, uh, cover her eyes, and in this, she's becoming more like both Yasu and Takami. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, they're all they're surprised at, to to find Misato here. And then we can we can laugh at this drawing of Misato. <laughs> which i mean it is a really cute drawing especially with like the the shirt yeah the like teddy bear shirt yeah uh but it just a, a really funny moment overall yeah. um <laughs> and her like bowing welcome home <laughs> uh, they're all exclaiming simultaneously misato yeah misato <laughs> um so uh we then go to um i i think we specifically get shin in like you know this specific moment uh texting rara saying we're having a welcome party for a new manager so i'll be uh a little late but i'm definitely coming over clinging to nana um but then what comes next is in this font that denotes to us that this is a, a you know, short term flashback. Um, they, I, I forget if I mentioned this or not, but I've been reading um, the, what is currently out of neighborhood story. And I had read some of it as like a fan translation. Uh, and the official translation does the exact same font for when something is a flashback. And it made me understand something in a chapter way more than the fan translation where I was like, Oh, this happened in the past. <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah it's uh, funny how yeah. how much translations can uh can yeah. improve your understanding of the um yeah at some point well we won't yeah. we won't digress any further um but yeah this is one of the the techniques that Izawa i does to sort of reference something that's a uh happened in the recent past mostly um I guess not always, but happened in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, in this case, like five, 10 minutes ago in the same scene. Yeah. Seemingly. Um, but yeah, so we get Rara seeing this text from, from Shin and then thinking about, uh, you know, your celebrity status. You have to watch everything you say and do. Uh, Mari crying, saying, I'm just happy that. Uh, and then Kinoshita saying, Takumi told me not to tell anyone. But Ren and Rara, you are being careless and clueless. Um, and has this whole, uh, you know, has expressed hatred for Takami, or at least a uh, dislike of Takami to Ren in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here is sort of saying, oh, I have respect for him now. Um, he's actually the most observant and careful, always thinking of what's best for the band. He keeps the damage to a minimum, not just personally, but from all points of view. Um and so now is committed as well to the, you know, working as castle trap nest vassal. <laughs> um, 
yeah, yeah, so please don't tell anyone I told you this, or else I'll get fired. <laughs> yeah, and then Ren being like, well, I can't pretend I didn't hear it. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> Kirishita being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, but but then being like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Um, basically, like, I won't sell you out, don't worry. But, like, yeah. you know, I, uh, I can't... Well... Maybe in and of itself, his comment, uh, his refusal to pretend like he didn't hear something uh, actually might be meaningful in the context of all the uh, the stuff we've gotten this volume and last volume about um, people concealing, <laughs> concealing things and uh, trying to erase information or memories and um, pre- basically burying feelings uh, that they're having or burying things they know to under the misguided attempt that if they do that, then it will go away. Yeah. Uh, Rand maybe being uh, unintentionally uh, aware <laughs> or unintentionally wise in this moment. Um. We then cut back to uh, playing Mahjong, as they love to do, um, with uh, the, this, like, celebration for Misato as their new manager. Um, we also have uh, maybe Nana taking Shin's advice to, to heart of, you know, he can change and be a little gay, uh, but <laughs> Nana, you, you never change uh, by being a little gay here with Misato, but... <laughs> Yeah, really, um, really going in for it there. Yeah, <laughs> um, it it's like played with like the same uh, style of like over the top romance for humor uh, that the the Shin and Ren kissing absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Misato, Nana, yeah. <laughs> and Shin <laughs> in the background, and Yuri just being like, "Oh, she's with Nana." <laughs> yeah uh then we've got nothing to worry about <laughs> yeah and then shin that means ren is mine like even calling attention to that um but then muse like why does everyone keep calling her misato um so yeah we yeah, we so... get this uh you know oh, go ahead oh uh, this a little bit of like explanation uh you know we thought it was her real name but like um you know she had this like as just her fan name uh and then they're like oh by the way wasn't there like a fan who sent us a letter named misato uehara um yeah that's weird uh, how did you pick that name <laughs> misato uh what a weird coincidence um you know oh yeah like she even lived in an okonomiyaki restaurant it was in osaka uh and just misato becoming like more and more panicked by this yeah, the biggest um, like oh shit moment yeah ever <laughs> uh and so then shin asks how did how did you decide to call yourself that and she was like oh i got a fortune teller to help me pick my name a name that could get me closer to nana um which we, we will learn the truth she did pick this name believing it would be a name that would get her closer to nana um but yeah here uh, a half truth maybe yeah because she she knows who the real misato yeah. is yeah uh she knows full well <laughs> And uh, is is concealing that. Yeah. 
Um, and speaking of the real Misato Uehara, um, here she is dressed up full punk, <laughs> really just yep. looking like a young Nana, um, with lighter color hair, really the only difference. Um, and, uh, Her friend is Fujimoto, out. not Fujimoto. Yeah, Fujimoto. I made that mistake last time too. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We're gonna um, put the shit in the notes so I don't. Yeah. Uh, I got 50%. <laughs> well, uh, actually, more like, uh, I don't know, what's five out of eight? Autumn, do the math really quick. Um, They're not here. <laughs> I know, but they're probably listening. It's like 62.5. Okay. This is because yeah. I, I sometimes have to work with fractions uh, at my job. Yeah. yeah. I think it's 62.5. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so 12.5 times 8. Yeah. Normally, I have to do the math as in, like, I'm converting a fraction just to the decimals, but yeah. it, some, sometimes it's like they'll give you the decimals for inches, and then other times a supplier will give you the <laughs> fraction, and then you have to, like, try and convert to... Conv- anyway. We could have um, already calculated it, and I'm just not doing... I'm not gonna... It's 62.5%. Okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I that's did the what, math that's in my how much I remembered. I did not type it in. I just know this in my my gut. Right. Um, yeah, we we get them going to zero in is the name of this, um, like punk club slash. It seems like maybe it's a a place that's like a a fashion store. The, the way that going down to this punk club is drawn is just like Yazawa I sort of missed drew, drawing the atelier from uh, Paradise Kiss. Yeah. Um, yeah this but, reminds me of the time that you took us to the uh, burlesque, the underground burlesque Oh, bar. yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, a hidden speakeasy in Chicago uh, that's like a burlesque bar. That does. Uh, their menu is like all on tarot cards, and the, the way they decide their drinks for the night is they just draw. I think it's like ten random ones from the deck of twenty-one. Uh, so it's rotating every night, and it's just like luck of the draw. Um, and yeah, uh, and I didn't really know. I didn't have a complete understanding of what burlesque was at the time. Yeah, so it's just kind of old timey striptease. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know it was quite like strip tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I learned quickly. <laughs> um, and the drinks were good. Yeah, they were. I mean, um, they were. They were great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's in like you're like going down to the bathroom in the basement of a bar, and there's like a shelf full of like knickknacks, and then you open that up, and there's a uh, speakeasy down there. So. Yeah good um that's what i was remembering when i was reading (laughs) this chapter um yeah and yeah i i still think that this is i think my big sister's here can we come in and look for and the the doorman's like come on in i think this is a lie that they're trying to tell yeah but then why Um, does she say i found her there she is two panels later well i think they're probably looking for Shion, who they met. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I misinterpreted it because I had that. I, I see how you made the in- misinterpretation, but I think it's just that was the lie. Yeah. 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 I found her as in the person we're looking for. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a way in which later on, I think it is specifically with Fujimoto, that uh, Shion is going to act as sort of a big sister. Um, yeah, actually, this is, I'm realizing more and more how silly, because, like, if they were sisters, they've already met. It, yeah. That would have been commented on before. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know why yeah. I I thought this. Um, I didn't think it through. Well, at least it's a little presaging of um and I I believe it's with Fujimoto and not with um not a sister Misato, but I can't remember. It might be both mm-hmm. of them. Um I know there's like a scene later where Shion has a conversation with at least one of these girls about like love and growing up and everything. A sisterly conversation. Yeah. Um we go back to Mew, the the master uh of Mahjong. I feel bad. I said Mew. It Mew. It's okay. Yeah. Um I, I now understand though. Ha- now that I have to say it on the podcast a lot, I understand what people mean by it's a hard name to say. Because you do just want to slur it into Mew. Yeah. You just want to make it like one syllable. But yeah, Mew. Um Master of Mahjong here. Um, of course, uh, Yuri and Nobu are going off to have sex as they do. (laughs) Um, and, uh, with losing one of the, the members of their table, they try to invite Nana over to, to play, uh, cause she is putting off going home to see Ren. Yeah. And also drinking again. Yes. I mean, they're Uh, all drinking, but we pointed out the. Uh, it is notably been a problem with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, once it's brought up that, uh, no, Nana, you have to go home. Shin immediately is like, I want to go too to see Ren. Um, uh, and then we get, um, as it's sort of one, there's this like calling an it a night. Everybody's departing. Um, Misato insists on cleaning up here. Um, and then, uh, basically being like, Hey, I'm like living here cause I'm supposed to be working. Let me like do my job. I know that this is like a party for me, but, um, I do want to be like earning my keep. Um, and in response to that, we get Yasu saying, we mostly need you to take care of Nana. We're counting on you. Uh, to which she says, uh, you know, of course, good night. But then we get Yasu here walking off with Mew. There's like, mm-hmm. in a way that Misato is maybe not aware of, Yasu saying, part of my ability to, to go with Mew now is that I feel like I can entrust Nana to somebody else who will like be able to take care of her emotionally this way. Yeah. Um, and now it's you and Ren. Yeah. And maybe Hachi to, to a degree. Speaking of Hachi, uh, and speaking of Ren, (laughs) uh, they are hanging out together, drinking some beer as well. Or I guess Hachi isn't. You know, the baby. Um, And Takami is bored of of waiting around for Nana to get there uh, and decides to leave. Um, And then we get this moment, uh, which again, here I think is calling attention to uh, not as sunglasses and similarity with Takami. Um, which also, if you go back to when they were going for the, the courthouse, uh, wedding as well. Um, 
Takumi, in sort of disguise, had his hair pulled up into his hat, which mm-hmm. Nana is like similarly done with her hat here. Um, and it was wearing these these same sunglasses that he has on now uh, that are also like very similar shape to Nana's. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, we more, do get a note here. here. Yeah, we do get a note here that Takumi is calling uh, Kasai, who uh, is just business. He actually is just going to work right now. So, yeah, <laughs> not cheating this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, this in particular, we, we've got this other matching. Um, and, you know, Nana's outfit throughout all this really feels like a mirror of Takumi, uh, including Takumi when he was sort of disguising himself to go get married and lying to Hachi. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you go a couple pages forward, the page with Hachi saying, welcome back. And then the panel right underneath that, uh, Nana just looks a lot like Takumi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like very, so, really drawing attention to it throughout this. Yeah. Uh, M- more to your point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Takumi uh, sort of leaves the situation, sees Shin, but leaves the situation to, to Hachi here. Um, and, you know, says, Nana's in there waiting for you, meaning Hachi, um, as he leaves. So, um, You know, continuing jokes about Hachi being a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't can't leave those behind yeah we get in, in truly a, a like again similar match uh here we have the kiss but the the ran and shin here yeah <laughs> really really similar match. like i can just like flip between the two pages with uh nana and misato and then ran and shin here yeah, this um, is really a like heavy. <laughs> this is like straight up like makeout session here. Yeah, and uh, when I was reading the chapter, I was like, "There's a lot more of this than I remembered from the first read through." Yeah, like when it came up when as on the season as we've been going through the the manga. Uh. I think the first time we had a Shinnan Ren thing, you were like, oh yeah, there's stuff, you know, there, there's like homoerotic su- subtext or just text <laughs> uh, here. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. But I didn't remember how like, like, yeah, it's really here. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember how like explicit uh, and heavy some of this uh like making out was yeah and there there is i mean it, again there's like a way where s- some of it is played for laughs i feel like this one is like slightly more serious because there's hachi being like you know uh you like having to have this talk with shin about his customers you know um and some yeah, of this what, like what did you come here for work yeah. what work and then he charges ran and like Maybe making yeah. out is like, you know, I'm exaggerating, but uh, 
doing this that we see here. And then Hachi's like, what kind of work is that? <laughs> yeah. And of course, Nana, don't worry about it. Just ignore them. Um, yeah, there's also this way in which, like, the the thing of Shin making out with Ren, um, when, like, explicitly when Shin is coming to then also, like, hook up with Reira. Like, both times it's happened, Shin's going to go hook up with Reira. Uh, there's also this, like, certain transference that's happening in, like, Ren to Reira there as well. I feel mm. like. Yeah. Um, In addition, I mean, we could also say that it stands out uh, given the state of Ren and Nana's relationship right now. Mm-hmm. It stands out that Shin is the one who like comes in and has this romantic, uh, this passionate, like romantic embrace with Ren. Um, whereas Nana is just like, you know, Ignoring him, essentially. Uh, yeah. Well, say, well, saying explicitly, ignore them. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there's that element of this as well, that like you would expect it to be Nana, um, but it, instead we get Shin. Yeah. And in fact, like, because we get the kiss and then, you know, uh, Ren holding Shin. Um, and then the next time we see Ren in a, a panel is like, um, you know, Hachi saying like wait Shin I have something important to tell both of you um and we get the like over the shoulder and Ren with his eyes sort of uh overcast a little bit you know looking to the side covering his face partially with the beer can um yeah and then in the following panel um it seems uh we are intentionally shown the reverse angle with him in the background like yeah. overcast hunched over um that he's like well like we talked about last time um ren like being in the periphery being in the background in these moments of like self-loathing or depression um but that were shown again and again like the manga sh- shows him to us in these like peripheral or background spaces. Yeah. Uh, and the operative guilt here seemingly being um, that he, he knows what's about to be announced. Um, yeah. And so he has this like, uh, of course the distance from Nana, which is physically um, established here. Um, the, the emotional distance physically rendered um but then also like the guilt and deceit um because he has to hide that first of all that he knows what's about to be said and then also that he knows why it's happened which is the more painful um and then that like compounding his self-loathing uh and the other thing about ren being that um we already know that he's uh, from Yasu's comment before about like, oh, Ren's not suited for this business. Um, and then the conversation with Kinoshida where Ren is like, well, I can't just pretend I didn't hear it. Um, we know that something about Ren is like particularly not suited for 
this kind of like deceit um and that it like it, it doesn't sit well with him um and it's it's like particularly painful to him yeah uh and he's being put again again and again in all these circumstances where he has to like take part in it um and that being a contributing factor to his like substance abuse and his depression yeah um and then when we get uh hachi saying takumi and i got married um the the next page we have like these two panels of shin's eyes where you know there's the surprise in in uh his eyes looking at hachi uh and then shifts to look at nana um and we get nana sunglasses you know covering her eyes covering her mouth with the the beer can um drinking you know, fully trying to to conceal herself here um but then the uh the voiceover here from the future hey nana i couldn't see through to your loneliness that na- uh that day not because of the shades that shielded your heart i idolized you nana but my self-centered assumptions clouded my eyes blinding me um so specifically this like uh there's something actually happening with with Hachi where she was not able to see what Nana was going through at the time. Uh, yeah. Beyond just Nana's attempts to cover it up. Um, yeah. And of course, uh, here we have Nana with her her sunglasses on, trying to conceal herself. And then at the bottom of the panel, there's Yasu's sunglasses, which he has removed uh, with Miu here. Um, yeah um and the recurrence of the the fish motif yeah and then the uh the narration being this uh you know chronologically in the in the future present um so the and that in and of itself implying nana's absence um and then connecting these all of these moments to like that absence basically yeah uh, kind of in uh, this unfolding like analysis or explanation of um, Nana's absence that is like you know running throughout the manga um, and largely carried out by these uh, or like um, summarized in ways by these like uh, narrative moments at the uh, beginnings and ends of the chapters yeah this is like the running commentary on the like um the big uh void of, of nana being gone yeah um i i laughed in the middle of that because i saw the interstitial image of takumi calling uh kasai <laughs> and specifically the the uh title under it for for kasai of director hideki kasai 45 chronically single yeah in the bed alone by himself yeah (laughs) saying no (laughs) um so chapter 56 yep so the the first page here when i was waiting around in the hotel room for nana to come back i could smell nana's perfume and it gave me the false impression that nana was there but then I realized for the first time that Nana and Ren were the same scent. Um, 
So obviously this this introduction here of scent as a theme, uh, which mm-hmm. will get developed with some other stuff uh, later in this volume. Um, also the this way that scent can both remind you of a person, but also like give you the false sense of someone there, even when yeah. they aren't. Indicate their absence. Yeah. Um, and then I also think interestingly, um, so you get this this spread for chapter 56 of Ren and Nana together, um, you know, looking far more romantic than they have recently. Um, and then we get this, uh, moon, not quite a half moon. Um, you know, a little bit more than a half moon here. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, this like evoking of that specific theme. And I think partially in relation to this idea of, um, you know, smell and the the sense of someone there when they aren't there. Um, but uh, we then move on to a, a different development of smell. Uh, Yuri has this new perfume uh, or new body spray um, that she got that uh, Nobu likes because it smells like the hard candy that he used to steal from the front desk <laughs> at his parents' inn. <laughs> Um, and you know, when someone tells you not to do something, you want to do it even more. Um, and so of course Yuri's like, then don't eat me. (laughs) No, then don't eat it. Just lick it. Yeah. Then don't eat it. (laughs) Um, Yuri as always being an expert at these kinds of, these kinds of lines. (laughs) Yeah. Just Um, winning hearts and minds every day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to the cigarette here uh, in the ashtray as uh, Yasu and Miu kiss, um, you know, seem to be making out a little bit. Uh, we will learn that Miu has, uh, you know, feelings about the smell of the cigarettes, but we don't get that yet. Um, but yeah, and yeah. then specifically there's a part where when he puts it out, she becomes a bit frightened for a second. Um I don't know if we ever quite get the other associate association she has with cigarettes, but you know, clearly something negative and maybe this like moment of fear at him putting it out is uh part of it. Um, yeah. Or later or in the discussion, um, Yasu is like, Oh, you Mew understood that when I put out the cigarette, that meant that, I was like intending to have sex with you. Yeah. And then you like stopped because you knew that you understood my intent there just by that action. Yeah. Um, So it might be like the sex itself that is um, problematic. And, and I mean, it it is because she says, uh, yeah. And somewhat indirectly, um, but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm 27, but I can't just do it like that. Um, but I really like you, Yasu. Yeah. Um, and his like willingness to take it slow, obviously a thing that that uh, makes her feel more secure in this position uh, or in this situation. Um, but yeah, we get this discussion that uh, you know she can outplay him in mahjong. Can can read, uh, what he what he's planning to do next, um, 
Yeah, and she's like, "What are you? T- why are you talking about mahjong?" Uh, and he's like, "Well, it's because it, it's representative of how you can read my actions, yeah, uh, and my intent." And we we uh, get this line: "People always tell me they can't figure out what I'm thinking, so I need a girlfriend like that to make a relationship work." Um, and yeah. she's like, "Oh, this is the one remaining mystery of why you liked me." <laughs> Yeah, um, which also maybe tells us something about Mew and her mental state, where uh, that would be the thing that she wouldn't know is why someone would like her. <laughs> yeah, um, very good point. Yeah, uh, this is also another entry in the. Um, so as we know, the manga pays a lot of attention to how and why relationships work and like yeah. compatibility between people. Um. And this Yasu saying, um, oh, so I need a girlfriend like that to make a relationship work. And then that introducing this whole, this more fleshed out conversation that's about to happen. Um, But I would say this is another entry uh, of like the manga's commentary on, or um, meditating on how and why relationships work. This is kind of an important scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the general just, uh, is her, like, recognizing, and in many ways, like, Miu is kind of, is in control of this situation more than Yasu is right now, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. there is a way in which, like, the, she's winning at Mahjong again, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, she's basically saying, like, you made a conscious decision to get a girlfriend to stop Nana from being dependent on you now that she's married. Oh, and Yasu's sort of like, you know, thrown on his back foot a little bit by this and being like, Eyebrows oh, raised. It's, yeah. It's not Behind just that. The like, uh, almost like you've read me too much and now I feel like, you know, I've ruined things. Um, and uh, Mew being specifically like, but this is actually something that, that I want, um, you know, uh, she specifically says, uh, if I get married, I want an arranged marriage, but I don't want to get married. So I don't want to meet someone that way. I don't trust love very much. It's a temporary impulse that makes you lose yourself and forget what's important to you. I'm not comfortable with that. Um, and this in particular, like this, uh, conversation, which is again, talking about how this relationship can work. Uh, but also feels like a comparison with Takami. We sort of got this. Yep. Takumi thinking about love as this like temporary impulse. Um, untrustworthy. And, yeah, that it's untrustworthy, that it makes you forget like these other important things like the the work that you need to do or, you know, all of those uh, like higher things, that, the things that Dan- he places dangers, higher. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dangers that you're facing. Yeah. Um, but here we get this example where, uh, you know, for, for, the relationship with Takumi and Hachi, this is like a tension, a thing that Hachi like it comes to a a point of understanding around, uh, but that also that point of understanding doesn't mean that it won't still be a tension in some ways. Right. Um because Takumi does have sort of this this logical idea of what he wants, um, uh, you know, this this certain similar like fear of the temporary impulse of love. Uh, as we've been reading into him in some of his actions this this volume um 
But here we get like, this is something that's actually probably what both of these people want. Um, having this thing where like Yasu is able to make these rational decisions and then having someone who says like, I appreciate that you are looking at me and saying <laughs> like, uh, you seem like a good match for me. And so I will pursue it rather than like being overtaken with emotion <laughs> yeah. uh, is actually like ideal to me. This is like, Oh yeah. Also like Takumi would be capable of having healthy relationships if he was able to approach them in this way. Um, but there's yeah. like a way in which he doesn't do that. Uh, whereas this is like more honest about, um, that being a, a, a way that some people operate and like a way that some people want their relationships to be. Yeah. Like they're explicitly expressing it and yeah. they happen to share, uh, well, I, they don't happen to, I mean, they share it because <laughs> they've like selected each other for that reason. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that the immediate comparison is the, um, Hachi's understanding of talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also um, within this, there's also this acknowledgement of, and and I think I will, I'll attribute this to just the manga because there's more. Uh, the manga seems to be like talking about this in other ways, um, but that it's not just like one emotion or state of mind that makes a relationship work. It's an entire like internal and external structure. Um, and so Miu is expressing maybe this most extreme, uh, version, uh, like one side of this <laughs> spectrum where she's like, you know, I, I, I want this structure, you know, that this is a logical, that we have a logical partnership and that <laughs> makes me feel secure because I know it's was deliberated on and thought through and so on. Um, I think there's a way that we can also, um, I don't know if the manga is just saying like, okay, yeah, here Miu is correct. Uh, uh, it's like inviting us to think about, well, why do, what is it about her and Yasu that <laughs> make them think this way? Um, yeah. but even w- with that, it's like, okay, there is something true about, uh, these ideas that Miu is expressing. Um, Yeah. Like this might not be the absolute truth, but there's something true about this. Um, And that the manga is showing that to us in other ways and other relationships too. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we can talk about when we get to it, but the manga is also going to, to complicate this where like the, the relationship between uh, Yasu and Miu is not devoid of like emotional intensity as well. Um, yeah. And also so. not devoid of, uh, potential problems. Um, yeah. one thing that we could note about this conversation, it, it's very strange, right? Like yeah. a, a lot of the action in this conversation is, um, one party making assumptions about the other. And then the other not quite confirming, right? Allowing the assumption to stand, but yeah. not explicitly uh, confirming or denying. 
And uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that a relationship can't work this way <laughs> uh, because certainly, I mean, it, on, there's nonverbal communication or like partially verbal communication that supports a relationship. Um, yeah. But here, like they aren't really, there's something off and like stilted and incomplete about the communication that's happening with them. Um, where like, uh, so for example, this, um, the scene we talked about earlier with Miu having this bad reaction, uh, panicking when she senses that Yasu like intends to have sex. Um, clearly something like deeper in that, uh, Yasu says, you don't have to apologize. I know you have a problem with guys, yeah. which, uh, Miu does not confirm, right? All she says is, but I really like you, Yasu. Yeah. Uh, so they just move past that. Um, and then Miu flips it, like you pointed out. Um, and she's like, uh, well, you know, here's all these things <laughs> about, uh, here's all these assumptions that I'm making. Uh, and Yasu's like, well, it's not just that. Um, yeah. But like, it doesn't really elaborate. Um, yeah. So they're both no, having No, but these, I really like, like you, Mew. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and, and especially the thing at the end where, um, you know, Yasu says, but I can get getting and excited too. Like, when you tell me things like that, I get all dreamy. Is that all right? Is like there is also this truth, and you know this this complication comes up more later, of like, no, but this isn't just this isn't entirely a rational decision that I am making to like, uh, pick the best match for me. Like maybe that's part of what's happening, but also, the things that that make you a good match for me is also probably things that like, make Yasu attracted to her in more uh like less logical ways. Um, yeah. 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 And also, okay, you have this framework of like, you and I see relationships the same way. We're both like in this relationship because of that <laughs> worldview. Because <laughs> we yeah. have this operative understanding of relationships that like makes this mutually logical. Um, and therefore, like, we can now just fill in, you know, we'll just fill in gaps after that <laughs> with that same like, uh, we'll, we'll use that like operative framework as like uh, a master key that's just going to allow us to fill in all of the blanks, right? Like, oh, we, yeah. we understand each other. Here's the assumption. We just understand each other. We think the same way. Like, and therefore, what I think you're thinking is like, <laughs> we don't need to <laughs> actually communicate extensively and confirm that like i can make these assumptions and be correct and just operate on them without really like getting input from you you yeah. see what i'm saying yeah um, and that like there's a potential landmine in that <laughs> uh as well yeah um yeah yeah and then uh we move on to 
And I think, you know, telling immediately after this conversation about relationships that obviously evokes in some ways the way that Takami, uh, you know, approaches things in this like more logical way. Although, of course, like this conversation of, oh, here's all these things that make me like a good partner for you. Um, also calls into the question, like, but then Takami is picking like Hachi, who's like very emotional and, and in all these ways. And maybe there are ways in which like that opposite is a good thing for Takami in the long run to have someone who is going to like push him in these ways. Um, but of course, when we think about like Takami and Hachi getting together, it feels less like it, it is a thing of logical reasons and more those are times when we see him showing emotion. That's not, you know, the performance we saw earlier in this volume Mm -hmm. uh, and making these more impulsive choices around like guilt over Rayra um, and these feelings that he has about Rayra that he's like trying to suppress or ignore or um, not act on Uh, this jealousy that he has around like Nobu and also Nana. Yeah. Um, Violent impulsive decisions too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, this like further gets called attention to where we we cut to, uh, you know, Nana, Ren, uh, Hachi, and Shin here, um, and Nana saying, "So then, let's toast to Hachi becoming the wife of a yakuza." Um, and then, of course, also Ren being, "You're like a yakuza wife yourself," um, which further drawing this comparison with Takumi, uh, mm-hmm. because. In many ways, like, Hachi God, she does the, look like Takumi here. Yeah, she really does. Um, and there's also this thing of, like, within the Yakuza, the Yakuza wife is someone who remains outside of the business. Um, and often in media is, like, suffering because of it. Because of, like, the job, the work that her husband does. Um, there's, like, this myth of, like, the... the um, like like ona uh what is it the the ona oyabun um but like really for the most part and in a lot of forms the yakuza wife is like someone who's outside of the actual business of the yakuza is not like directly a part of the clan and is generally like suffering from her husband having this job in various ways uh Mm. you know maybe it's that he dies or goes to prison um and there's like all this stuff happening there or there's all these other uh, things. But then when Ren's saying you're like a Yakuza wife yourself, especially looking at this picture of, of Nana looking so much like Takumi and just knowing that what he means by this comment, it's like, no, you're like, you're like, you're the uh, Yakuza. Yeah. You are the Yakuza. Who's the wife. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you are the Ona Oyabun. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, which then, of course, has the the further tension of like the Nanahachi relationship um, can also be yeah. applied in there, but um, yeah, she looks like so much like talking in this panel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, throughout a lot of these panels, honestly. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you pointed that out because it yeah, really there's is. the next page where she like the bottom right corner where she's looking down at the the beer and everything uh, is just like this is such a Takami. Uh, image as well um but yeah um and we 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 get this thing too where 
uh, Hachi is smelling the the same citrus scent. Um, you know, the same like scent that both of them wear. Uh, and reading it as the bond that they have when they're together. Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, we are seeing the ways that they are like continually turning away. <laughs> D- deeply apart right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and we get, of course, Shin leaving then. Um, Hachi not able to, to stop him. Um, and being like, well, you know... He's at the hotel, like, the paparazzi probably aren't, like, in the hotel building. He wouldn't be so stupid to, like, walk past them. I'll I'll talk to him tomorrow. Um, You know. Yeah. And then thinking about her mind drifting to uh, the fact that Takumi noticed. uh, Yeah. Only Takumi noticed that Shin and Rei are having this affair. Yeah. but how? <laughs> how did he notice? Uh, and then her fear of um, Takumi, Takumi's relationship with Reira um, coming back. Yeah. Um, and th- this kind of internal uh, monologue where she's struggling with it. Uh, so this continuing to loom as a threat um, for Hachi. Yeah. Like this question of, of what um that relationship is yeah uh when she says you know it's all right i know i'm loved there's like a certain amount of this tone of um trying to reassure yourself yeah you know uh that's happening in this so yeah um but yeah and then we we get uh you know Shin and Reira also beginning to make out, uh, but then Reira puts puts a stop to it as well. <laughs> um, and, you know, somewhat paralleling the, the Yasu and Miu thing, but instead here, they're going to talk about the relationship uh, and... Explicitly. In, in a, yeah. <laughs> uh, in a explicitly, in a mutual way, uh, and it is all, it's going to have a far worse outcome. <laughs> um <laughs> So, you know, she says, I need to talk to you about something. Um, and basically, uh, you know, talks about going with Ren to visit, search taking the photos. Um, Shin is first being like, oh, you know, I know you didn't do anything with Ren. You wouldn't have, like, sent me that that email. Um, but really, Ray was trying to be like, no, the agency had to, like, stop that from going to print. Uh here also slightly talking around what the actual fallout was not telling shin but there was a lot of fallout related to that it caused problems for everyone around us it stressed them out yeah (laughs) now i really understand the position i'm in um so you know she also presumably heard about uh hachi sort of getting thrown under the bus here um, Mm -hmm. but is not telling shin um, and her continuing awareness of how much um, depends on her, yeah. uh, like how much depends on Trap Nest, and then by extension, how much depends on her. Um, and so this like idea of responsibility um, to other people uh, it, emerging again. Yeah. 
Um, and we we specifically get her saying, uh, so I was thinking that maybe we should stop seeing each other for now. Um, and we get Shin sort of gripping his pants, uh, the ring that he's wearing, which we will learn they have uh, different but, but same stone rings that they wear. Um, oh, I think this might be another one, though, because he has the, another one on his other finger. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the square, yeah. the squarish gem. Yeah. Um, this one almost looks like it has like a bear face or something on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking at it closer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that are like, it does seem like it has ears. I don't think it's a flower. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this immediately goes into Nana being like, what? Search found out. Uh, of course, this being about Takami and Hachi and not, uh, you know, the other big Red thing that Search had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have the one conversation where maybe it's not entirely direct, but like more direct, like you said, um, with severe consequences. And then we move to a conversation that uh, is completely non-direct. Yeah. Um, and uh, r- really a conversation that is like buried and doesn't happen. Uh having equally bad consequences uh around this same like the same subject um yeah i.e the the search story yeah um yeah and so the there's all this talking around about being like um oh you know i'm sure they couldn't uh i know there was some big celebrity gossip that didn't make it in last week's issue which runs like what (laughs) Like, oh, um, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, when Hachi's like, really? How would you stop it from getting published? Uh, how would I know? Why don't you ask Ren? Um, and Ren says, of course, the the company lie here of search was paid off. Um, which, who knows? Maybe there was some money as well. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but him is obviously not the, repeating the, yeah. the company lie, for sure. Um, and then Nana in some ways, maybe putting together a little bit more of what happened, but saying, oh, I get it. They're out of money because of stupid idiots. <laughs> um, so taking and, another and, shot after shot at Ren here. Yeah. Uh, but maybe also intuiting that like, oh, specifically what's happening with, uh, you know, Hachi and Takami here is like a d- direct result of bearing this other story. Um, maybe she doesn't have the full details of how Takumi negotiated it or something. Um, but you know, I think there's a certain amount of her like further putting this together. Yeah. Like, Oh, why can't this be, why can't we pay them off on this one? Oh, yeah. cause they're out of money. Cause of stupid idiots. Yeah. <laughs> or there's some other thing that's going on, uh, in all of this. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just, an absolutely painful uh, conversation here with Ren and Nana. Um, yeah. And then this really um, sad panel um, bottom left here with the what page where Hachi's like, I'm, I'm all right. I have talking to me. And then we get the very next panel. Um, Ren eyes like cast to the side. Uh, you know, 
sad, sad boy face. Yeah. Um, also then, aware of how Takami like sort of sold her out for him and Reira. Yeah. Um, and then of course the, the panel of Nana saying, yeah, you're right. Um, and we can read into this knowing what happens later. Um, knowing Nana in general, the, the, you know, sunglasses blocking out her face here, uh, probably hiding some pain saying, yeah, you're right at hearing, you know, I'm all right. I have talked to me. Um, yeah. You know, you don't yeah, need this, to worry about me. <laughs> yeah. And this, um, I think this exact, uh, line is one of the two memories that comes up when she has her panic attack shortly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nana's support for Hachi with Takumi. Um, I had this realization when we were, um, when I was reading through that. So, I mean, we, we admire this about Nana, I think, um, that she's like, she's doing this self-sacrificial thing, um, to support her friend. And I think, I guess my way of looking at this is that Nana is in a way trying to like honor and reaffirm Hachi's resolve. Um, and the resolve specifically being all that stuff, you know, I'm going to have my family with Takumi. I'm going to take my life into my own hands, etc. Um, but like that resolve that Hachi has is something that Hachi has Hachi has told Nana um, that, like, she derived from Nana's music. Yeah. Right? Um, And so that there's, like, I think that's present here as well. Um, Nana understanding, like, the deep significance of that. Um, And, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, my music helped you in this way um, and gave you this strength. And so I'm going to like honor that because that is something that's deeply important to our relationship and deeply important to you. Um, yeah. So it's something that I need to like support because that's part of like what I am for you is like par- part of what I've given to you is this thing. Um, yeah. And so uh, maybe just like some deeper architecture there of the, um, support that nana is like giving to hachi yeah um and there's also this this undertone of like while this is something that um i think is like important that that nana is making this decision to support hachi um there's also a little bit of this like underlying tragedy which gets highlighted by the the uh, voiceovers from the future where she's doing this, but also in doing this is not being honest about the way that like this pains her, the the way that she wants to like invest in that relationship in other ways yeah. uh, that Hachi only understands like in the future um, when, you know, the moon is not full, so to speak, at least not yet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we then go back to Shin and Reira, um, 
and Shin's immediate response of, I get it, I'll stay away. <laughs> um, and, you know, Reira's trying to be like, I still do like you, like, I'm just trying to make the, the smart decision for, like, our careers and our, our lives. Uh, you know, we can still call and email. Um, we can, like, see each other again at some point. Uh, but then Shin... Um, just saying basically like if we're not going out uh and you're even lonelier then what's the point um let's just forget about what's gone gone on between us Reira. it's better we pretend nothing ever happened um so yeah this fully like all or nothing position that that shin is taking in this yeah um, kind of almost the opposite of um the mu yasu construct yeah. Where it's like, oh, you know, emotions are fickle. We don't trust. That's not, <laughs> you have to put that into uh, like an order of priorities with all these other factors. Um, whereas Shin is just like, all the other factors, like those don't matter. <laughs> if those are even yeah. like in the equation with, with your emotion, <laughs> then your emotion is worthless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like it's not, then forget about it. Like, it it shouldn't exist at all yeah um so kind of like the opposite end of the the spectrum here um and of course tying in with with the theme of scent here uh the cigarette still burning in the ashtray mm -hmm. uh we sort of get the the smoke and presumably the scent of shin here um and then uh the final panel of Rara sort of slumped uh next to the the uh ashtray here uh and we sort of have overlaid um even like partially uh going over the panel itself like the panels beginning to get submerged into the fish tank mm. um yeah and, and the we text have, bubble as well over yeah. the panel uh and we have mew saying it but uh, you know, not visible on this panel currently. I don't like the smell of cigarettes. Um, which then we cut to that scene. But of course, there's like a way right now that this this smell for, for Reira that r would remind her of Shin, but in his absence, um, is also probably something that is painful for her. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and so oh, yeah, Yasu, then we get the explicit yeah. uh, discussion of uh, smell and memory yeah. and emotion. Yeah. Uh, she notes that Yasu's cigarette smells good. <laughs> um, but then uh, I remember smells so vividly. The minute I smell something, I remember some faraway thing from the past I'd forgotten about. Yasu's like, oh, it's just how brains work. Like, smell, <laughs> smell is tied to memory. <laughs> I read an article about it once. Um, or I listened to it on a podcast or something. I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, and then specifically, like, uh, you know, Vision comes up here as uh, Vision goes through another part. Uh, not, not the part that's tied to memory and emotion. Um, uh, and so, of course, like, Mew, of course, there's a logical reason like that. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's also this way in which, like, she seems to be talking about, like, 
there is a uh a like bad memory involving the cigarette um so uh well yeah and then he asks her like do you have a bad memory and she's like no um no the bad memory is the fact that i feel good right now with you (laughs) that like (laughs) it uh this moment is so impactful for me and I don't like having someone affect me that much so easily. Yeah. Um, which, uh, again, an odd, uh, well, to your earlier point about Muse, like guardedness, um, and, uh, her, uh, emotional inner world that we're starting to get some more of, uh, yeah. Just some some food for thought. Yeah. Um, And, you know, she admits, maybe I'm getting all giddy. Uh, I don't know what to do. So this, like, there's this way that I'm trying to approach all of this is very logical. But actually, like, there are emotions in the mix here. Um, And, of course, Yasu says, it's all right. Even when I get lightheaded, I don't lose my grip on reality. So you do whatever and don't worry about it. Um. And then she asks, if Nana and Ren break up, what's going to happen to me? Um, and he reassures her, saying nothing. Uh, I really just wish them the best and hope they stay together as long as necessary. Yeah. So signaling this kind of clean break, seemingly, uh, from his prior ambiguous role with Nana. Yeah. Um. And then here we have, uh, cutting back to Hachi leaves, um, you know, not too much to say with her leaving. Uh, Mm -hmm. but then Nana sort of, uh, immediately, like when Hachi's out the door, um, you know, turning away from Ren, uh, walking wordlessly, uh, as he's shouting, like, how do you know about the search article, uh, to lock herself in the bathroom. Um, and yeah, specifically the, the, I'm all right. I have talk to me and don't cry in front of me anymore. Um, the, these like two main thoughts that appear, um, as she runs the water, cries into the towel and sort of begins to have this, this, uh, trauma attack. Yeah. And her going for the bath, which we've talked about is this like space of comfort for her. Yeah. Um, and this like idea of like often the bath being the site of, uh, emotional intimacy between people. Um, and here it's like her alone with it. Yeah. Um, you know, further emphasizing her, her isolation in this moment. Uh, yeah, this is like, uh, I mean, this is the, the scene where they kind of like hit, well, I don't know if this is quite rock bottom for for Ren and Nana, but um, this is a bo- like this is a bottoming out of their uh, uh, all of the like tensions that they've had. Yeah. Um, we do get this like brief moment of uh, Hachi seeing some guy and briefly mistaking him for Asano. Um, the guy almost looks like the sleazeball, except 
uh, I guess sometimes the sleazeball has his tie tightened. I feel like it's often kind of loosened. This guy looks a little more put together than the sleazeball usually does, but he does kind of look like the sleazeball. Yeah, it's just like the two angles make him look really different. Yeah. Well, the first one is specifically Asano, this like, uh, I think Hachi's perspective of briefly thinking it's him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because when we see him again, he has glasses and stuff. Yeah. Good point. Um, um, yeah. So she does like imagine him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then specifically is thinking about, I've fallen in love a lot uh, and always ran away when I got hurt. But from now on, no matter what happens, I'll love Takami and stick with him. This love will last forever like Ren and Nana. Um, which of course we, as people who have finished this Nana or this manga know, um, Ren and Nana will not last forever. <laughs> yeah. And seemingly the love that Hachi has for Takami won't either. Yeah. So a tragic irony here. Um, but also, uh, I guess more pointing to, uh, Hachi's ability, again, Hachi's ability to, um, have this resolve, somehow related to Nana, um, her understanding of Nana and something she's derived from her. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe that also going back to the, um, splash page end of chapter where, uh, future Hachi is noting, um, like, Oh, well actually maybe some of these things that I thought, about Nana and then maybe by extension Nana's relationship with Ren were like idealized and I was blinded. Um, So layers of complication um, and like irony in here at this point. Um, We then get uh, Ren who's been sitting outside the door, um, you know, trying to get Nana to say something, Um, you know, pointed line here from from nana just given the this image of them dying together of why would i die why don't you die instead um yeah of course putting their deaths the, apart yeah and also the dramatic irony that uh ren will die um yeah um yeah gosh then, that's a painful painful panel to read when you think about that yeah um you then also, so there's the part where she's staying quietly, but you guys were holding each other um, when he's sort of saying, like, I wouldn't sleep with anyone besides you. Um, and specifically, I think when she shouts, you guys were in the snow hugging, which obviously is providing, like, details of I saw the photo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also recalling that, like, part of the significance or the pain of that photo is not just that it's, like, Ren and... Rera embracing it's that it's the wave breaker where like Ren and Nana Nana and Ren yeah got together um so yeah uh, this um uh in in the same way like enacting this uh usurpation that Rera has has done for like these key um symbolic uh elements of of their relationship like the the music and then now it's like the wave breaker 
um, and that both of those things have been uh, seemingly you know, transferred to Rira, uh, at yeah. least in Nana's eyes. Yeah. Um, and then we get the, uh, I don't want you to write songs for anyone else but me that she finally shouts, which, uh, she sort of has this reaction and Ren has this reaction of like, this is like truly hitting at the heart of, you know, the, the, the whole tension that's been between them the entire time. Um, obviously there is these like other possibilities of infidelity with Rayra, but the, the real, uh, core problem has always been, yeah, that Ren went to Tokyo to play music for Rayra and not stay and play music for Nana to sing to. Um, yeah. And that has always been like the, the biggest betrayal. Um, and for Nana, like the biggest infidelity uh, that persists. So, um, but yeah, especially at shouting, this uh, goes into the full trauma attack mode. Um, and finally, as Ren shouting, like, unlock the door, uh, please open the door, uh, opens it up and like, uh, falls into his arms. Let's him help her. Yeah. Ren specifically remembers, uh, Yasu saying when Nana hyperventilates, give her carbon dioxide. Um, it's easy. People breathe out carbon dioxide. You're the only one who can save Nana from herself. Please get it together and be there for her. Um, and so, you know, instead of like brown paper bag or something, he just breathes into her mouth, um, almost doing like CPR on her. Yeah. Um, uh, and then this poignant uh, panel here, um, as this as this is happening, um, Nana saying, I'm going to die. And then Ren says, you're not going to die. I won't let you die. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, of course, a reversal of this death pact that you talked about last time. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a, a very poignant one, um, given everything that that represents, um, that now potentially there is a path forward for the relationship where it's not, well, we're going to die together. Um, it's not this doomed, uh, like overdetermined by death, um, like a uh, pact of despair. Um, it's this, I'm not going to let you die. So I'm going to like, care for you. Uh, I'm going to keep you alive. Um, dying is not <laughs> something we want to do. Um, and sh- shifting like the core uh, framework or like promise of the, of the relationship um, from something destructive to something uh, that is, you know, life affirming. Yeah. Now, uh, whether or not they're going to get all the way there, we'll see. Um, yeah. Still a lot of work to do, but uh, a powerful like moment here for sure. Yeah. Um, 
We also get the the voiceover then from Hachi. Hey, Nana, even now on every street corner, I think I see you in every face I pass. Uh, so this is like also sort of going off of that Asano moment. But now, you know, the love of Asano that she still sometimes sees. Now it's become Nana. Um, Nana, you must still be wearing that men's cologne now so you can sleep even when you're alone. Um, which, of course, pointing to... Uh, we get this this image of Nana and Ren together. Uh, Nana sort of being uh, comfortable and asleep in that position. Um, and, and then knowing that she's alone in the future. So yeah. that, you know, foreshadowing Ren being gone. Yeah. Uh, this is another little detail that just feels uh, weirdly like pointing it to my own life where uh when emily and i were long distance i got the same shampoo that she used uh and i didn't use it all the time because if you use it regularly you don't smell it as much but like uh once every week or two i would wash my hair with that shampoo so that i would have that smell (laughs) um which also like i had various things i've had really bad insomnia and i have various things that i have to do to like make myself comfortable um and also like feel less anxious about people that i care about uh that aren't with me (laughs) so um this has been true since like high school um so very poorly managed in high school but uh better managed now (laughs) when uh when sarah and i were long distance whenever she would come visit if she would like leave clothing or something like some article of hers somewhere in my apartment i would just like not touch it (laughs) i would just like leave it in that exact spot for uh until she came back um because then it's just like i don't know i didn't even really think about it i just did it like reflexively yeah um but I think it's a similar thing where it's like that even (laughs) this volume is, is engaging with um, where like the traces of the person um, are, you know, bringing that presence back in a way, um, bringing the presence to mind. um, So you can kind of feel like they're there um, even when they're not. Shall we move to chapter 57? Yes. Let us move. Um, we're going long on this volume, but uh, I was especially hit by how important this mo- volume felt on this reread. So uh, I feel okay with it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not apologizing anymore. It's just yeah. whatever it is, however long it is. Um, it is. I, I read this volume and got deep in my feelings about having neglect trauma. So <laughs> yeah, we can spend more time on it. There was like, um, there's rants that I was going to do about this volume that I haven't even done because of time, yeah. but uh, luckily we have a lot more to go. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So start of this chapter, um, of course the other interstitial image here of Ren kissing a sleeping Nana. Um, but uh, so we get the condo that Ren and Nana moved in together was one station from our place, 10 minutes by car, like Takumi said. Really close. Um, it is close, but it's a separate neighborhood, just like the distance I felt between me and Nana. Um, so again, they are closer together, but there's still this like 
other fundamental difference that's mm-hmm. existing. Um, and then we get uh, this image or like, you know, <laughs> this intro of the apartment wide open. Um, there's just like a bathtub in the middle of the floor. <laughs> Enormous studio apartment. Yeah. Uh, 200 square meters studio apartment with, uh, you know, there's like closets. I think there's like, maybe a, the toilet is not, I don't actually know if the toilet is a part of this, like bathtub thing. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there, I, I would hope, way. <laughs> I would hope it's not. Yeah. Also, I guess it's um, not enormous. It's only like a thousand. I mean, that's pretty big for a studio apartment, I guess. Yeah. Especially in Tokyo. Yeah. A thousand square feet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's also this way in which, uh, like, you know, Misato's like, it's perfect. Lovebirds don't need separate rooms anyway. Um, and there's this way that this apartment evokes the apartment that Ren and Nana once shared back in yeah. their hometown. Yeah. Which I believe was also like a, a slightly larger studio apartment. Um, why I remember the, the same takeaway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in having it be their new place is emphasizing how much the relationship has changed since then. Um, you know, we, we literally just had a chapter where Nana was locking herself away in a different room with the door (laughs) from Ren. Um, and now it's like, Oh, they don't need separate rooms. Um, Whereas, of course, the the place where we saw there were separate rooms, but they actually didn't need him as much, was room 707. Um, Yeah. If we remember in that, it was like they were leaving their doors open all the time. Um, When the doors were closed, it became an important thing. So Yeah, bad things were happening. Yeah. Um, And, of course, uh, Nana's just like, as long as it's livable, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, nonchalant. Um, Yeah. Um, we also get this moment of Ren apologizing that he has to go to work, (laughs) um, which, uh, she says, what are you apologizing for? Go work and make money like a real man. Um, but of course we understand that the actual apology here of I'm going to go work at my job playing music for Rayra. Yeah. And Um, him understanding because on the next page we get his. Yeah, <clears throat> kind of ambiguous reaction, uh, but him remembering, I don't want you to write songs for anyone else but me. Yeah, um, so this still unresolved, um, and in in his mind. Yeah, um, and sort of recognizing that her answer is um, a little bit this tendency she has to like, you know, jokingly uh, push things off and mm-hmm. and not actually talk about them. Um, and uh, yeah, this is where Rera uh, wrote the the melody and lyrics right away. <laughs> um, overnight, sings it and impresses everyone. Um, yeah. One note, because uh, we get this stuff about how they're going to London. I don't know if you had something about Rera here, but nope, nope, you're good. Yeah. Uh. You know, we learned that Trapness is going to Rayra, uh, going to London to record soon. Um, and, you know, they're going to miss, uh, Hachi's birthday. 
Uh, one thing I enjoyed in looking through this calendar is the, the, like, it being introduced that Hachi still likes watching lots of movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I was scrutinizing this calendar as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Harry Potter call out was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I know we um, don't, we don't support yeah. Harry Potter, but. <laughs> uh, Japan unfortunately loves Harry Potter and presumably, like, the first movie or whatever probably came out. In 2000? Yeah. 2001? Yeah. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, truly, like, Japanese VTubers be playing the Harry Potter game and stuff. Because they don't even have, like, the full cultural understanding of everything else that's happening. So Yeah. Or at least not all of them do. Oh, well. Um, less, said, less said about Harry Potter, the better. Yeah. <laughs> if um, we could just let it, let it just fade away. <laughs> yeah. If only, um, you know, we, we've got a little bit here of, uh, of course, Hachi being like, Oh, Takumi's going to miss like my birthday, Christmas, new year's, like all these important, uh, holidays with me. Um, and we cut to Nana being like, Oh, can we go to a pet shop? It's Hachiko's birthday. Uh, I have to get to her some cute collar or sweater. Uh, ladies, is it gay to buy your friend a collar? <laughs> um, anyway, no, it's just a passionate friendship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. But yeah, we we get the reveal to everybody that um, Yasu and Mew are an item here. Um. And of course, we also learn about the Christmas Eve party. Um, a reminder as we, we get to the Christmas party is the importance of Christmas, uh, as like a when romantic Nana, holiday. Yeah. When, oh, Nana, and also, well, yeah. yeah, romantic holiday in general, but then also, um, is tied to when, uh, Ren and Nana started dating. So, um, yeah, and we, we learn that um, Fujimoto, Fujimoto. Yes, I got and, it. I got it this and time. The, yeah, and the real Misato Uehara uh, get invited by Clara um, to to go to the uh, Christmas Eve party. Um, so there's like uh, 30 people being invited. Uh, 10 of them are... Uh, locals who were fans before Blast signed, and then the other twenty are from all over the country. Um, They're like the last two who are going to make it from Kansai. Yeah. Um. And we also learn here that uh, you know, Hachi's planning not to attend. Um, you know, if you don't come, Nobu will be bummed. Yeah, but I'm sorry, I shouldn't see Nobu when Takumi's not around. Um. Which here Shin has like a certain reaction to. Uh, we can we can understand having seen what happened previously, why uh, Hachi might have some reticence around this. <laughs> yeah, um, given how Takumi behaved. Um, but then uh, also this very telling moment from Shin where uh, he says, uh, "I get it. Then you better have something else to do the night before Nana at." Uh, <clears throat> to do the night before Nana asks you, uh, you, 
then you better have something else to do that night before Nana asks you. There we go. Uh, so you'll have a real excuse basically being like, Nana is not going to take that. (laughs) Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then we get Hachi trying to, to broach the topic, um, starting with, well, it's kind of late to say this, but I think you should stop prostituting yourself to women. Um, which Shin's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not stupid. Like people recognize my face I'm not really doing, Yeah. yeah, I'm not really doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, I make enough money now that I don't need to do that. Um, and then is like, <laughs> okay, you're, you're not like doing that work anymore, but also when you got back from the tour, you immediately ran to Rera's. So wait, <laughs> Shin, are you really in love with Rera? Um, I'm most like putting together like, oh, you're, you're, Rera's not a customer. Something else is happening there. Yeah, I, I was uh, laughing as you're going through this because I was recalling your earlier comment about like just how clumsily Hachi, br- uh, <laughs> uh, like introduces the Rayra question. Yeah, and it really is because like the dialogue is uh, like. The last di- actual dialogue she has is like, oh, yesterday you sounded like you have lots of customers. And then Shin is talking, talking, talking. Yeah, it's like, that was a joke. You know, I make enough money now. People recognize my face. I'm not stupid. She's thinking like, yeah, Shin isn't stupid. She just says, but. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm for reals, mommy. Trust me. I won't do anything mommy doesn't approve of. And, you know, she's thinking more and then just goes, Shin, are you really in love with me? <laughs> He's like, what the uh, fuck? It's also I mean, on multiple because, levels, reacting yeah. strongly. It's also funny because there's this way that, like, Takumi will seem to, like, intentionally spring surprises on people. And here we get, like, Hachi doing it in just the most, like, I'm in my own head. Thinking yeah, clumsy. Things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, of course, at this question of, are you really in love with Reira? Remember, uh, Shin remembers Takumi saying, if you really love her, you can start over then. Um, and so he begins to, to cry, you know, Rara saying, we'll be able to see each other again at some point. Um, you know, the and red all thread. these things that they share. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this idea that is like in some way faded, um, and begins to cry and, and answers, I don't know. Uh, and this is where we see the ring that, um, is matching ring. Yeah. Um, I can't say for sure. I'll go back to her in the future. Does that mean that I don't love her? Um, and then this, and I, I think a lot of the, like, obviously there's this way that Hachi in general is like invested in love and relationships. Um, but I think especially we have to like read her reaction to Shin here with the knowledge of, and the moon is here to remind us like, this love that she doesn't want to give up on um, or, you know, it has is struggling with where she's trying to, to commit to Takumi. But then obviously there's like the Nobu in the immediate, but also like the, the future stuff points more towards Nobu's not actually it. It, it really is Nana. Um, mm-hmm. And so her response is no, it doesn't don't uh, like, it doesn't mean that you don't love her. Uh, don't grow up to be someone who's just lonely and never takes a risk for love. Um, 
So, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and of then course, Shin's dilemma is you know tying into all of these different characters' uh, dilemmas. So, I mean, the, the moon is this like motif that's tying together all of these different characters' dilemmas around love at this point. Um, yeah. And now Shin gets brought into the mix um, where his dilemma is, I have this uncertainty about what's going to happen in the future. Um, and I can't say like, it, it's like a variation of, um, it's a variation of the same thing, which is like, well, my own feelings are, uh, may like wax and wane or my own feelings may change. So then does that mean that I, that it's not really love? Um, so he's afraid of the changing of his own emotions um, and of the idea that, you know, because the emotions change, does that mean that there's no, nothing permanent underneath? Yeah. Um, and so we'll, we'll have to track that um, as yeah. we watch Shin more and more. And uh, under the same moon, we have uh, Ren, Takumi looking at Reira. Um, you know, he's reading the lyrics that she wrote. Um, and, you know, impressed. The, the the lyrics are great. Can't believe you wrote them in one night. Um, and she responds, I was a good girl and the music of God came to me. Maybe it was watching over me, which Takumi takes notice of. Um, and... Ren hearing this thinks of uh, Reira saying, I gave up everything that was important to me, moved to Tokyo, and bet my life on Trapnist. We have to keep our eyes on the prize. Um, yeah. And it's saying, oh, no, that's Naoki saying, maybe I should try to be good, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it seems like maybe a similar sentiment from Ren of, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, everyone is showing their, their resolve to do the right thing. Um, yeah. Great thing in, in quotes, obviously. Scare quotes. Um, we have Ren re- then returning home. Nana saying, hey, hubby, welcome home. Uh, which is maybe the most, like, <laughs> warm. they're in a relationship, res- yeah, warm response that she's had <laughs> with their them living together that we've seen so far. Um, and she's still trying to puzzle through the, the uh, marriage certificate. Um, again, this like having an un- uh, somewhat unconventional family where she's like, okay, my grandma like adopted me, but then there's this part that's for adoptive mother and there's other- this other part that's for like mother and this part for other adoptive parents and like where am I supposed to put people's names? Um, like I have my my uh, what is it? The, the like official residence form stuff. And now I'm looking at this like marriage license and I'm like, but how do I fill out this from that? Um, yeah. And just the basic, um, the basic fact of Nana and Ren puzzling over the, well, the, the symbolism of this document has already been established and we talked about it when it was introduced, um, a couple volumes ago. But then again, them being confused by like parentage, um, and uh, adoptive parents, 
Rand, of course, have not having adoptive parents and then Nana having a complicated relationship with her um her adoptive parent, um, which is yeah. her grandmother. Um, so all of that happening in this scene. Um, and Ren ends up talking a little bit about uh Nana's mother and like you know, this doesn't say where she is now, is she even alive? Uh, yeah, we find out that Nana was born in actually born in Tokyo and yeah. uh, Nana's so was Nana's mother. Uh, so her family is from Tokyo. Uh, yeah. and and now the comment is made of you know, now she's back in Tokyo. Um, yeah. Which is her technically her, her home or her hometown. Yeah. Uh back in Meguro even, which is the, the area in Tokyo. Um but yeah, specifically when talking about like, you know, is your mother even alive? Uh, Nana says, I don't care. And then we get uh, Ren remembering Yasu saying, I saw it happen when Hachi split. She's so damaged from her mother abandoning her. And then like the uh, cell phone in the water. Mm-hmm. So also perhaps in his mind linking this with stuff with Hachi. Um, and like her panic attacks. Yeah. Um. And so then as they, they sort of, you know, he does this, this, uh, thing of, you know, it's also confusing. So we just, uh, should we just pretend we filed it instead? Um, and then sort of realizes the, not a good thing to say. Yeah. And the, the way that she's <laughs> like <laughs> clearly hurt by this in the moment. Oh, and so tries to like explain it further. You know, like th- being officially married is less important to me than us just being together. Like what I want is for us to be together. Um, but then really directly broaches the the thing that Nana is not talking about of, you know, um, you had no intention of getting back together with me. Uh, and even when I forced the point, you said your pride keeps you from living with me. Um, uh, but I didn't think about how you felt. Well, I tried not to think about it and pressured you with my own agenda. But I promise to consider your feelings from now on. I really can't quit trappedness now, and I have no intention of quitting. So I want you to tell me uh, what you want to do concerning that. Um, It's basically like pushing the point of, hey, so you said like when you'd given up your pride and vanity. Yeah, here's this problem we have right now. Yeah. (laughs) Then you would come in love with me. This pride is specifically around me, like going to be entrapped and you like wanting to also make it on your own. Um, of course, Nana remembering, uh, Nobu saying Nana is your pride. That important. You're the, uh, one who's only thinking about yourself. Uh, of course we have the moon looming the distance throughout this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just masterpiece work here. Yeah. Um, and so then specifically, uh, you know, saying, hey, there's this thing of you don't want me to to play music for anyone else other than you, uh, you know, write songs for anyone else but you. Uh, but I'm not leaving Trapness. So what do you want to do about this? Um, and Nana yeah. apologizes. Uh, and then uh, specifically, especially when Ren says, then think about it. If you want to be alone, I'll check into another room. Uh, if you don't, I'll stay right here. Um, and to that, she responds, I want to be with you. 
Um, which I think, especially it being in response to that question, um, again, there's this way that it is like an affirmation of, I want to continue this relationship. Um, but there's also this certain amount of like, don't Do you want to be alone, alone right or now? Not? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, has not fully necessarily resolved this tension, but, um, yeah. And, it, and I think throughout this, we can read like her decision is based on this, like on one side, there's this independence and pride that she has this like desire to be independent, to make it on her own. Uh, this pride she has around like Ren leaving, you know, blast to go be with trap nest and all the stuff that that means. This um, yeah, coping mechanism that, well, it, the, the way in which that pride is a coping mechanism that gives her strength to like, yeah. To like be ambitious, not only deal with the pain, but also like, you know, follow her own ambition. Yeah. Um, and, and there is a way that like this, this is a certain independence that like, you know, Yasu even like comments earlier, um, when speaking with Mew, I think of like, yep. You know, she used to be more independent. Like, I came to the band and she relied on me a lot. And, like, uh, she's become more dependent on people. Um, which Yeah, I think that these those two scenes, this one and that one, are important to think about together. Yeah. Um, and obviously, being dependent on people is not a, a bad thing. Um, but I, I think a, a question that, you know, gets returned to that I think about a lot is... Um, is Ren the the person who, you know, I have this like further written out. So yeah, like the on the on the other side, she has her feelings of abandonment, this like neglect trauma she has, this fear of being alone, um, and so in this moment, she's making this choice that is rooted in like that fear of abandonment, um, that neglect trauma that she has, but then in a similar way to like earlier, we get Hachi learning the right lesson at the wrong time. You know, the like, uh, I, I need to like really try to commit myself more to relationships. Um, I need to like, not just run away from these problems. I need to actually face them. Uh, right. I have, she's doing I have it, this agency and yeah. so on. Yeah. But then she's applying it to staying with Takumi, which in many ways is like, we can we can see better outcomes where she decides to do that commitment to someone else yeah. right um and here we get like nana also learning the right lessons at the wrong time um here she is turning towards ren like you know there's literally this embrace here um she is saying like i want to be with you i want to continue this relationship but there is also this way in which ren is like both of them are aware of Ren is talking specifically and directly about, I am a person who is going to continue to like reaggravate your attachment wounds. I'm not going to heal that. I'm going to continue to like go play music for Rera. Um, this wound that you have, I'm not going to heal. <laughs> uh, and she's choosing to still like turn towards that rather than, um, you know, seek the relationships where she would maybe be able to get this healing. Um, right. 
and to, uh, to have someone who would prioritize her in the ways that she needs and wants. Well, and I think there's also another, um, cause I mean, one way, an- another thing we could say about that is like, you know, should Ren have to quit trap nest? Yeah. Like it, we we understand all of the the dynamics at play, um, and and that this you know him being in trap nest is this thing that's deeply painful for her. Um, is that is the only solution, possible solution to that that he quits trap nest? Is there like another? Okay, are the only two possible options that Ren quits trap nest? Or these two people can't be together? Or is there some <laughs> like possibility in between that that would just require more something from one or both of these people? Yeah. That like they are not willing or capable or it, either they can't see or they're not willing or capable to like muster right now. And that's the question that I like often uh am asking when i'm reading this manga yeah um and i uh it's more to your point about um the motivations behind nana you know, making these decisions and how it's compromised um we've already seen that nana right now views herself as having only Ren um, because she feels like she's lost Hachi and she's lost Yasu, right? Like the panic attack yeah. is... And even even lost Nobu, although that's like a less significant, uh, especially at this, at this moment. But yep. we also got that like um, in its own way, like in some ways holding on to Nobu was an attempt to reclaim Hachi, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's also lost that. Yeah. And even though we, as the reader uh, know that, you know, uh, well, Yasu and Hachi are still here and there's all these ways that it, it's really not as extreme or severed as like Nana believes. Um, we also have enough of Nana's interiority to like, understand that she's overwhelmed by like fear that, that she has lost these relationships um, and that she's like basically trapped with Ren at this point, that he's the only thing they, that she has. And so she's like desperate. Yeah. Um, and then there's all this loathing embedded within that where like, you know, she's trying to avoid him. She's going to like Yasu and Hachi and then she loses those two. And now she's faced with like, all, Ren that has all of these problems tied up in him, um, and then all of her own like loathing, uh, and the weight of all of that is just like crushing. And so now that's what she's like ha- has to face because she just like has no choice anymore. Um, and the two scenes of her turning towards, which you know both of us are agreeing, like, <laughs> okay, some work needs to be done in this relationship to get it back to a healthy state, if that's possible. And like step one is they need to engage with each other. 
Um, but both of the turning towards moments are the first, the first one is when she's having a panic attack and she thinks she's going to die. Yeah. So she's desperate and then like unlocks the door and like, you know, to his credit, he like helps her and is like, I'm not going to let you die. And, you know, has these, um, strong, like this profound messaging. Um, but still like the reason for her is that she's desperate. Yeah. Um, and then again, this is very similar where it's like, uh, do you want to be with me or do you want to be alone? <laughs> Asking this to the woman who's like deathly afraid of being alone. Yeah. Um, and so of course, again, she's like, well, I want to be with you. Um, but like, so yeah, I, again, I say all of that just to like, further reinforce <laughs> uh the the point that you're making about you know this is a fraught um kind of a fraught acceptance yeah and there there's almost a you know there's so much of nana that's reading expressions but there's like a sadness in in rent's eyes at that response to you um you know this is this is not i would say like a um excited or happy expression that he has at the very least yeah, um, not at all. Yeah. Um, you know, in some ways there is a way in which it would also be easier for Ren if, like, he was just in Trap Nest and this this also resolved by, like, separation, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but then they still have this whole, you know, this love for one another and all of these um this whole uh, enormous relationship i mean enormous in this in the significance that it has for their lives and um so yeah a, a very troubled <laughs> troubled relationship still at this point even as yeah. they're like starting to communicate um still very much like on the rocks yeah um I mean, this part in particular was getting me like thinking about my own neglect trauma and what it is to like live with that, Um, which maybe this is true of lots of people. But like for me, especially, I'm sort of always aware of um, how close I let everyone in my life be. Uh, It's like a you know, it's not always like a conscious thing, but it's at least always in the back of my mind. Like Like, hyper awareness. How much could this person hurt me by just choosing not to be around me anymore? Um, as like constantly like a a calculation that's happening in the back of my head. Um, like interacting people with always the awareness that like you could drift apart being sort of a, a thought that I have, uh, like even something like that versus a, a more, uh, you know, dramatic split or something like that. Um, and it also just being a thing that makes like, uh, vulnerability and openness difficult at times. Um, a thing that you have to like that, that I have to like navigate within myself, like how much I want to do that. Um, and you know, being able to see people who can be like, like Hachi is able to be more just open with people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. unthinkingly open with people 
you know, um, in a way that like Nana is not. And I, I am, I struggle with some, Nana. I think I'm in a much better place than Nana. I do better than Nana. Um, yeah. but that fearless, but, like getting yeah. and openness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see why that would be, yeah. uh, a moving like thing to see. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and there are, there are definitely ways in which like, you know, as I've alluded to, there, there were times like when I was in high school and things where I, I feel like I was far more closed off. I struggled with this stuff a lot more, um, which is not to say I don't still struggle with it, but, um, sure. yeah, but you've grown and, yeah. and, and <laughs> matured and struggled with it for a yeah. long time and gotten better. Um, yeah. Uh, and I mean, it is also this like constantly weighing of, which I think you see, especially with, um, Hachi, but it comes up in Nana's other relationships as well. Uh, there's like always a part of you when you have this neglect trauma of like wanting to possess or to like have some sort of totality where like the person secure the thing that you're afraid yeah, of losing. Because then, you, then it's like, well, okay, if they can't leave, then like, I don't I, have to I be can, afraid of that. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be abandoned. I can stop uh, But then also, afraid. yeah, but then also having the, like, recognition of, like, no, but that's actually, like, a, a bad thing to do to a person. To, like, have someone where they wouldn't be able to get away from you. That's, like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so always, like, having that, like, certain impulse of, like, for my security, I want this. But then also having to weigh that against, like, but I want to be, like, a good friend or a good partner or, you know all of those things. Um, yeah. And then creating like, uh, things like I'm going to start podcasts with people that I care about so that, uh, <laughs> we have a schedule time to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. So we have a yeah. structure of yeah. <laughs> yeah, a multifaceted structure of things that constitutes and supports yeah. our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not just the whims of emotions, which, yeah, uh, I will say my emotions, uh, towards you, Remain quite constant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, yeah. They really don't, uh, um, they don't change too much, but uh, yeah, it's still good to have the structure that we have <laughs> for our yeah. friendship. But also like, if you wanted to just leave me, then we'd have to like end the podcast. We have like an audience that we're like somewhat beholden to, even if we're not that beholden to it. Uh, you know, there's a whole structure that just makes me feel more secure. <laughs> So, that, hey, and that yeah. works great for me. Uh, <laughs> that works great for me too, because um, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy the structure. Yeah, and I mean, in some like in this case, it's just like <clears throat> specifically we started this podcast, be, like, or at least I suggested starting this podcast because I was like, I've had people move, and then you just drift out of each other's lives, and I would like to like still be friends with you, <laughs> uh, and not have that drift away happen. So yeah, and I am um, eternally grateful um yeah that you had the idea and uh talked me into it and here we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> on volume 15 of nana in 2024 um congrats on your marriage uh thank you <laughs> so we we get we get talking me calling hachi here um just to get back to the manga um and yeah we get the uh one that the like reveal of the ring um, 
Rayra is wearing this ring that she got the day after her birthday or started wearing the day after her birthday. Um, it's funny to me how much like Takumi knows about, cares about uh, birthstones and, and jewels and what kind of jewels go well with different people. Um, it felt like slightly un- uncharacteristic of Takumi to be like this aware of this aspect of fashion. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very odd. Yeah. Um, she doesn't really it felt wear like jewelry, does he? Um well, not really. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah. Um and I don't know if we we have like too much to to add from what we talked about in the synopses. Um, no, I think we can move pretty quick at this yeah. point. Um, um the whole conclusion being like, you know, Hachi's really upset. Um, about this outcome with Shin and Rira. And then Hachi's like, well, talk to me. What can we do something? Um, and the, the striking, um, page of Hachi crying, uh, facing Takumi, who has the smug satisfaction, uh, or peaceful, (laughs) relieved satisfaction, however you want to read it of yeah. uh you know the resolution that he wanted um yeah but him having smiling while she's crying basically uh and then you know talking to me consoled me but said there's nothing he could do uh and then hachi saying i knew there was nothing i could do they were constantly in the spotlight it'd be impossible for them to keep seeing each other without being found out and i'm sure that if the media got on it shin would get hurt even more it's so cruel um, yeah. So then the open question of, you know, is this Takumi? When when Takumi says, "Oh, there's nothing you can do," um, is that him just choosing not to help when he could, or uh, is there a, you know, is it truly the case that there there probably isn't <laughs> uh, anything that would be a good idea uh, to do at this point? And it's just the, the cruelty of circumstance in the world itself. Yeah. Um, we get the the Shirokane, the Alex Cell Shirokane apartment complex. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks nice. Like those Dorian yeah. columns. With all the paparazzi outside. Um, and, yeah, Junko forcing her way in. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't know if I have too much to add from from the synopses, you know. Yeah, I think we already touched on it in the synopsis. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Why do I have to? Uh, why do I have to run from them? Um, is I I think it's slightly interesting that that's like the final response from Hachi on this, because um, it sort of mirrors like Reira's. You know, Ren didn't do anything wrong. Like that kind of. Uh, approach um but yeah uh and then we get um what feels like it's going to be the end of the chapter but then we we get a little bit more um hey nana if people found out where you are now i'm sure you'd get hit uh hurt all over again so i won't look for you anymore um overlaid with nana's mother reading search um, yeah and then this is completed. Um, there's an ellipsis here, but the 
or yeah. well, it it stops, but it's completed later. Yeah. Um, after this intercut scene from the future. Um, and I think I noticed with the scene from the future. So it's uh the same apartment building. So they're still living there. Um, and an older Hachi returning home. Um. Satsuki's there saying, welcome home, mommy. Um, and, uh, you know, is wearing new clothes that, that Hachi doesn't recognize. Um, and then Takumi comes and says, welcome home. And with his haircut looking even more like, uh, not, <laughs> not only a... like Takumi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one thing I noticed through this, this little, um, you know, brief, jump into the future uh hachi's left hand remains concealed throughout all the panels the hand that would have the wedding rings um Mm, like yeah you see like the very top of it with a panel where uh satsuki's saying um mommy um yeah it it made me realize that's a good eye do you ever see, cause I, I was thinking of it specifically here with Takumi and like, we had gotten all those shots of, of both the, the diamond ring, but then also the new wedding ring, which doesn't have like a stone or anything on it. Yeah. Um, so, and we know that the, that like diamond ring that Nana also has is important to, to Hachi and is presumably still wearing, but is she still wearing that other wedding ring? Um, it makes me want to go back and and look at the previous future volumes, scenes. yeah, the previous future scenes to see if it had come up before. Um, yeah, well, maybe we'll we'll have done that uh, by next episode. Yeah, um, but here, as she looks at Takumi, uh, she thinks, "I will wait forever for the day you get up on your feet again." Um, talking to Nana, completing the thought of you know, I'm not going to come look for you. Um, you know, this, this fear of like, if she was found out what, what would happen, uh, the ways that she would be hurt again. Um, but also this hope that like Nana will of her own decision come back. Yeah. Um, and the shift that happens with this being like this, um, giving up or abandonment seemingly in the, um, the incomplete version where like, you know, I'm afraid of you getting hurt. So I won't look for you anymore. Um, and then shifting to, I will wait forever. Uh, so yeah. the exact opposite of the abandonment, which is this uh, underneath that is this eternal commitment. I will wait forever for yeah. the day you get up on your feet again. Um, yeah. And so the faith that like the faith and belief that she will, um, and then the, the meaning of like that for Nana to come back for them to reunite, it has to be on these terms that Nana is like, um, everything co- contained with it within the phrase, you know, get up on your feet again. Yeah. Um, so Nana, like finding her own resolve again. Um, this resolve that Hachi derived from her, um, that like Nana has to get it back, um, except what she truly wants, and um, and basically like be Nana again. Uh, yeah. 
um, and that Hachi like believes this is going to happen and will wait forever for this to happen. Yeah. That's it for the volume. I did have a, a moment because when I was reading this at uh, work earlier, I noticed on the back there's like the image of um, Nana but with white hair. And I had a moment looking at it just now where I was like, wait, is this an older Misato <laughs> with her lighter hair? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't have that. You should send me a um, picture of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, sorry if I, it seemed like you wanted to say something about the final page, but I don't know if, oh, I, no. if I said it for you. Or... Yeah. Um, I think that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Good. laughs> that's what I would have said. Perfect. Um, so wrapping up next time, we are going to read uh, a longer volume. Because we've got a bonus chapter. So it's chapters uh, 58 through 61 plus the Nobu bonus story. It's all of volume 16. Um, after that, we will have one more uh, thick one with the, the Takami bonus. But um, if people have emails for us, they can send them to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. Uh, we will, of course, answer them on the question bucket if it's like a good question bucket email, but you can send it at any time. Um, if it's like a specific thing about a volume, something that we said that you wanted to correct or another observation you had that you thought would be interesting, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably address that earlier. Um, so again, ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you to the export audio network for hosting us. People can go to exportaud.io to go to the Patreon. Um, so that just like redirects you there. Uh, there are links to all of the podcasts on the Patreon. Um, I might actually like go through at some point and make sure that's still true. Cause, um, I, f I think it hasn't been updated in a little bit. So I might actually just do that for autumn and Nora so that they don't have to, um, but yeah, uh, you can go there, check out other shows. Uh, the, the three shows that I always make a point of listing, uh, Pondering Pluton, Connor, you and I do that. Um, yep. I know that one. So yeah. Um, we're reading through Cromarty High School, a, a different manga, um, at a much slower pace for a fewer pages. Talk about it way less. <laughs> um, you can find that at exportodio slash Pluton. Um, it's a fun time. I also do ornate stairwells with my friend Autumn. If you go to exportaudio slash ornate stairwells, you will find uh, the podcast. Uh, it is a movie podcast um, as well as we talk about all sorts of things. It's it's very freewheeling in terms of a discussion, but um, you know we we will also usually have a here's the movie that we watched uh, to talk about. So um, when this comes out. Uh, we will have already done the like next one we're doing, which is uh, the clan's heir is a trans woman, but people should check that out. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I bet it's going to be fun. It's like a, a Yakuza movie where the, the heir who's like, I think supposed to take over um, is a, a trans woman or the, the original Japanese title is like says new half, but just Japanese term. Um, so if you're interested in uh, Yakuza women, I guess, check out that episode. Um, 
And then the other one that I will shout out is Around the Long Fire, not on Export Audio. This is on Abnormal Mapping. So if you go to abnormalmapping.com slash longfire, it will take you there. Um, M and I read through. We've decided to just call everything sagas, but it's kind of a classics podcast. Uh, but just the bit is we call everything a saga now. Um <laughs> When this comes out, I believe we will be all wrapped on the Nibelungen lead. Um, I know at this point I have, we've recorded the like final chapters of the, the actual poem. Um, but we're going to read all of the back matter and do an episode on that as well before moving on to Beowulf. Um, so if people want to join us for Beowulf, uh, the specific translation we're doing is the, the new one by Maria Devana Heedley. Um, which uh, people may have heard about as the one that translates the first word, uh, or whatever, as bro. Just exclamation point, bro. Um, <laughs> so it's in a uh, like very uh, sort of colloquial. modernized colloquial, yeah. Um, and I think is uh, intentionally trying to draw out the themes of like gender and masculinity um, in the poem. So bro also ties into that <laughs> um yeah and check out other other uh podcasts on the network um there are a lot of great ones uh dragon readers is a new one where uh m and nora are reading through the aragon books or i guess the inheritance cycle i feel like if you just say aragon people who don't aren't fantasy nerds will understand it more the it's like aragon and the other books in the aragon world yeah, um, I can confirm that. Yeah. Um, I bet if I said inheritance cycle, you would not be like, oh, yeah, Aragon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I didn't know the know yeah. of the podcast already, definitely not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check that out. It's it's uh, fun. Books that Nora loves and Emma's reading for the first time. So there's a there's a fun dynamic there. Yeah. Um, that's enough for, for all of those plugs. You can find uh, our podcast on Twitter at Ghost Divers Pod, or uh, I guess I can still stay co-host at Ghost Divers. I really, I need to get back to updating that one, because uh, that's one where I can't just blame Autumn for not promoting it, like a camera still else. You can follow me on any social media platform that I'm on, at Foxvomnia. Twitter is the main one I use. Uh, where people will find you, Connor? Y'all can find me at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-I-S, on Twitter and co-host. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, are, are we sticking with Nana Hachi Israel? Damn straight we are. Okay. Nana Hachi Israel. <laughs>
Uh, buttons hit. Buttons hit. Now recording. I need to turn you up a little bit in my headphones. <laughs> let me let me adjust the mic slightly. Okay. I think I, I just, sometimes forget to do is when, although I this hasn't happened since. Uh, well, sometimes Emily will come in here and iron and move stuff around, but that also didn't happen. But also, like when we record uh, stairwells in here, we have to like move the mic a little bit to be like more in between. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think my issue is if I have you too loud. Even though I've switched now to the over-ear headphones, uh, if I have you too loud, it still bleeds like out into the mic, and I'll catch it when I'm processing my audio afterwards. Uh, I-, I think it's not really a huge deal, because the noise cancellation normally gets it, yeah, or noise reduction, whatever. Uh, and then it would be buried in, in the final mix anyway, but it still yeah. just like bothers me. So I'm trying to find that rate volume level that uh, threads a needle. Yeah. Because if you're too quiet, Um, it just, I can hear you, but it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as good. Yeah. I guess. So, uh, yeah, I I think I'll err on the side of too loud. Anyway... (laughs) Uh, drink check. Do do we yeah, have one? Have Have we done clap? No, no, we haven't. Are you Are, you, are we waiting for forty seven oh seven? Yeah, that's why we ha- that's why we haven't done it yet. Okay, that was my plan. Um, well, I can do a quick drink check, which is just um, I have some water. Uh, I have a, a mellow ginger soft drink. Get ready. Um, and I also have uh, some shochu. I thought we were going at 47. I thought it was 47.07. Oh, God. 7.07. Oh, we're cursed. Okay. Now we have to do a new one. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to do uh, 47. Uh, the whole thing was 7.07. <laughs> I, I must have missed that second seven in there. So are we doing 30? Well, now we're doing... Now we're going to do 37. 47, 37. All right. All right. I thought the whole thing was we were doing it on the seventh second for all of Nana. I just confused myself and and, did it wrong. Okay. So you were saying? Uh, I also have some shoju. It's not Demon Lord shoju, but... Yeah, as we were just discussing, the yeah. feasibility of acquiring that seems to be uh, none. Yeah, it does seem like it is a real one, like a a real um, yes, yeah, show like, you that you can get. Yeah, unlike raffine. A. Yeah. Uh, so you have water and shochu. You said. Yeah. What kind of shochu is it? Uh, it's like a rice one. Okay, nice. Uh, so I have water. I have, uh, black tea. And because this was more of a beer volume to me, I feel like. 
not only based on so it, yes it starts with the shochu but yeah we mostly see people just drinking beer i feel like yeah uh so i got this francis connor out of the the fridge and that's what i'm gonna be working through uh so yeah nothing special i already already made comments about this beer that i shouldn't have made uh, <laughs> uh on i think it was on another drink check um so <laughs> i uh i think i'm good on on discussing the francis connor it's it's a very good beer it tastes like it has like a banana e type taste that's really i guess doesn't sound immediately appealing when you're talking about beer yeah but it really works. So if you haven't had it, if you like beer, I would recommend. Um, I had one other update before we do the actual podcast. Yeah, I was I was waiting for yeah. that. I'm like, are you going to do that in the here? Or are you no, gonna do it no, we'll, we'll, we'll do it here. The... We'll okay. do it here. Um, if people listen to other podcasts, n- namely... Um, probably around the long fire it might come up on that before this releases uh i have been through a lengthy process trying to get new internet because sometimes there's this issue where my internet's like a little spotty and usually during recordings it presents as like audio will sort of drop out and then it will like speed up to catch up um and so you'll have like this second of like the audio dropping out um and we were trying to do uh, fiber internet, but our landlord got in the way of that because it would involve like additional installation stuff. Um, we, uh, I, I had called a couple of times with our current uh, provider, and they didn't want to like drop the price down. Uh, so then I was going through the process of trying to get Xfinity, um, and. Comcast must be like truly unaccustomed to people wanting Xfinity because it was a month long process to try and like get it. Um, it was ridiculous. Just like the the number of times I also had to call them in addition to just like their website was broken and I couldn't place orders on their website. Um, so at this point you're getting just a different because there's no fiber laid to your apartment. So yeah, you can't, so yeah, we were so just, just like a different provider. Of yeah. The same. And, and it, it, it was sort of two things, which is like, one, we wanted to increase speed. And two, um, we had just been with RCN, which is now Astound powered by RCN. For a while, they used to be really good. I feel like they're like, uh, customer service has fallen off, um, you know, around the time that they became Astound. I feel like this happened. Some shift happened. Um, and so we were like, well there's been sort of this internet issue in general. And now also our bill is just like getting really high because you stay at the same provider and they just keep charging you more, which I think is weird. I feel like they should like reward loyalty, but no, they, they don't. Um, so anyway, bill just kept going up. Uh, and so it was like, we really needed to change. So, um, we had 400, uh, kilobytes per second. We wanted to go up, or not kilobytes. <laughs> M- MBPS. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's your problem uh, right megabytes. there. <laughs> yeah, no, kilobytes would be awful. Um, we wanted to go up to 800 um, or like a gig or something. Um, and with 
like Comcast, it seemed like it was going to be like eighty to ninety dollars, uh, which is better than the current bill that we had for four hundred. Um, and so yeah, that's finally, not, that's not bad yeah. for a gig. Yeah. Um, and well, this was for the the eight hundred, but um, oh, even so, that's still that's still yeah. not bad. Um. So we went through the whole process, finally had it. Um, it was purely just like, I, like I had a new modem because our old modem wasn't for like, you know, gig and above speeds, um, or even slightly below. Uh, I think the cutoff was like 600. Are you using a combined modem router? No. Okay. You're not using the thing that they, yeah, you're not using the thing they give you. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, okay, you can set it up at home. Just like, let us know when you want to like, what day you plan to set it up so that we can like do that as the start. Um, and so that was today. Uh, and in order to like get it set up with Xfinity, we had to cancel RCN. So I called RCN being like, I'm canceling. Uh, so, you know, I can set up Xfinity. And now finally they were like, oh, uh, what can we do to keep you around? And so now from our current internet service provider we're getting the 800 for like 60 <laughs> okay um yeah. yeah um yeah so so we're getting that 800 but they like dropped the pi- price below i was like okay uh and then i called comcast and they were like oh you know what what could we give you a deal and then i said the amount and they're like we're not going to give you that deal uh <laughs> you know well i'll That's cancel funny. this you know it's within like the first 30 days or whatever so i hadn't paid anything yet anyway because i just had my own you know, well, that works router, out great because you don't have to switch yeah. over. Uh, but it was also just very funny to like spend like a month, like even after the the fiber stuff fell through, just a month trying to get it from Xfinity uh, to finally be like, f- I finally just have something from Xfinity. I can install it. I'm not that excited about Xfinity, but like, you know, w- we we had to get that bill down and then just call RCN. And then finally they're like, oh, we'll get that bill down for you. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, and now yeah. you know for the future, like yeah, what you need to do to get <laughs> to negotiate. Uh, yeah, you pulled a talk of me there. Yeah, uh, successfully negotiating your your price down. Yeah, but that was also my morning. But hopefully, I'm hoping that it will improve some of the the internet issues because I think also some of it is like I'm over here recording. Um, Emily's probably like watching something. Or whatever, you know, we, we've got yeah, like you have, competing. You have yeah. one, you've got like one router and it's in the opposite side of the house, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it has to go through. So it's going through like multiple walls to get to you uh, mm-hmm. in the in the closet with the closed door. Yeah. Um. I mean, the closed door is like further from the router, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, really the bigger thing is my laptop, it, where it's positioned, there's just a like close that it probably has to go through in addition to walls, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, fingers crossed. It, it seems good so far on our first yeah. run. Um, it's funny, the whole internet company thing for like, pretty much my entire life i always just had purely unpleasant experiences with them and i think that's what most people have and then when i came to cincinnati uh it's like a total it's a duopoly here which it is often i guess in pretty much the entire u.s most markets are either like monopoly or duopoly uh and so there's 
I can't remember. There's Spectrum, and there's what used to be Cincinnati Bell, and now it got bought out or rebranded or something, and it's called some stupid bullshit, like Altafiber. Uh, yeah. But I had Cincinnati Bell, which, like, w- that was my only choice, the two apartments I've lived in here. And they were excellent. Like, just from the jump, uh, in terms of, like, setting it up, uh, like, speed for price, all of that, customer service was all really good. And <laughs> at one point, I just, like, got into the habit of... There, at one time, I needed to upgrade my speed, which, you know, like, like you have. And I called them and upgraded my speed. And then the person who I was working with was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have this promo right now. So I'd already agreed to upgrade it. And then they're like, oh, I've got this promo right now. And it's like 25% off for a year on that on that speed and so i'm like all right this was already a good price and now it's just like a stupid price for this yeah and i was getting like 750 mbps and then (laughs) the phone the conversation was literally like okay yep i'll take the 750 okay here let me lower that price for you uh there's a special promo and then me being like oh that's uh, that's fantastic is there any way that you could just convert that like to permanent like get promo to like per- a permanent thing yeah sure why not <laughs> uh and then they just yeah so i just like had that price it was like 50 something dollars for it might have been less but it was like 50 bucks for 750 um and then when sarah moved in uh i upgrade i went to a gig at that point um because she works from home and i just wanted to make sure she had like the maximum but yeah honestly like i'm not super i don't like truly understand uh networking but i know a little bit as like from a hobbyist standpoint yeah and i know enough to know that if you have if you're like buying a gig you're probably mostly just doing it to make yourself feel good because you're not mm. really going to like be getting a gig. You're yeah. not just like, like you're not actually going to be putting that through your home network because I mean, for all of the various factors, but like, especially whatever router you're using, like, and uh, of course there's all, there's several other factors outside of your control too, but like <laughs> you're, you're probably already like capping out for other reasons well under that. Uh, but it just feels good to be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm getting a gig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and luckily my, I mean, my internet, it works very well. Uh, I've fucked with it enough that it seems to, to do what I want now. So yeah, I have no complaints, but, uh, <laughs> I do sometimes just think about like, yeah, I'm buying, I'm paying for a gig now and I'm just like, not, <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Uh, we also yeah. have, fi- we have fiber, which is nice. Yeah. Um, they didn't have to like excavate the entire street to install it. <laughs> it was already here. <laughs> um, 
yeah, at some point we we would like to get fiber. I mean, I know that like also all the speed stuff is um like extremely dependent on what device you have like that's receiving yeah. Wi-Fi or whatever too, all that stuff. Um but yeah, also when you increase it, it's like if you have multiple devices that are all pulling, it's like adding up to that amount. So, um yeah, and then there's just, like, yeah. overall network conditions, like, outside, like, mm-hmm. in the provider network and, like, the infrastructure and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I remember when I – so at my job, we, like, sit very close to the IT department, and I'll often yeah. go and, like, ask – talk to the network admin about stuff. And I told him, <laughs> I was telling him all about this, and he was just like, yeah, there's no, like, at my house, I have, like, 400 Mbps, because <laughs> <laughs> it's a waste of money, but yeah. you do you, man. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, there was kind of humbling, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good enough digression for a drink check. Yeah. Should we, should we get to the uh, the actual podcast? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if anyone, uh, any listeners need networking advice, just write in to ghostiverspod.com. Yeah, yeah. And with that, let's talk about Nana. All right, I will make a mark. <laughs>